Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 71. It's another Wednesday. My name is John. We're here to talk about pop culture things. Once again, by Andrea. Hey, everybody. And uh, returning guest, Shane. Hello. So we've got uh, good stuff planned for the night. Later, if you all have seen it, the newest Suicide Squad movie has released is available on HBO Max and in theaters. And um, yeah, all three of us saw it. So we will get spoilery spoilery about that later. So yeah, in in the meantime, uh, Shane, how was your week? Um, it was good. I, uh, you know, went back and um, in the context of discussing The Suicide Squad today, watched the other Suicide Squad movie, um, and then also the the other movie in which uh, the Harley Quinn character makes a Birds makes an appearance. Birds of Prey, correct? So, so I've got something to say on that. Okay, yeah. So we can get kind of those bits in there too. Yeah, and then I also watched the new. Um, oh yeah, I've been rewatching Marvel movies. Going back, I don't know. I just felt like reviewing some of the. The classics they sort of felt like we're coming well, i don't know maybe we're going back into another pandemic or a surge or whatever shutting down again but i'm getting excited about seeing movies in a movie theater again mm-hmm. and like especially continuing the marvel you know saga or whatever after watching the, sure. summer, the summer tv series here so i went back and started watching some of the old um, avengers movies and, and some of the ones that i liked more so so you're that's you're what caught I up, right? Week. On the television stuff. You've seen all the the series yep. so far. Mm-hmm. Other than even, Modoc, maybe that's on Hulu or whatever. Yeah, I just learned about that show. Um seems interesting. Um it's Patton Oswald, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Have either of you seen it? No, I haven't. Nope. All I um, all I, I did was odd. That it's not on Disney Plus, you know, like they're doing that thing again now. Right. Put it on because a little more mature, I guess. I don't know. It's is it a character that's owned by Marvel, like the Disney Marvel, or is it one of those Spider-Man type situations where it's like a Marvel character <laughs> owned by another? I think they own it now. I think mm. it's theirs. Is it so... officially? Do you know anything about it? Is it like officially part of the Marvel canon? I don't think so. It's completely like a a comic relief sort of silly iteration of this villain. Um, almost almost like a what if, like it could oh, be sure. in the what if show, but if but if it was in a completely comedic sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what I had read was that there was some disappointment that they had uh, misused the character that they could have. I mean, it's definitely designed to be a yeah a comedy when the character wouldn't be originally designed for that so it's right. like a spoof kind of thing i might i might watch it sounds interesting i saw a trailer for it it's kind of funny so. well what um what's so what marvel movies did you get through this week then what's are there are there ones that you like i'm gonna pass i'm not gonna go back right. and watch that or, i was just yeah. gonna say are you are you watching like from the original like oh i gotta go all the way back to iron man and and you know go in sequence or is this just like skipping around i'm yeah. watching what i want mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was definitely skipping. Well, I wouldn't say skipping around. I was going, I was watching the ones I liked or mm -hmm. remembered liking the most in, I guess, in chronological order, in canon chronological order. So, um, or in release order. Whatever. So I think the, the furthest back I went was the Winter Soldier, I think. Okay. okay. I didn't go to any, I didn't watch any of the original you know, or, origin story movies because, you know, I sort of felt like they didn't really contribute a lot to the, what ended up being the the larger, you know, end game plot. That but, seems more like you'd be sticking to the Avengers films than almost, and maybe a couple Captain America ones, like you say. Yeah, yeah, it it was, it was kind of interesting rewatch, not to, you know, stay on this too long, but Rewatching the second and third Captain America movies felt almost, mm. you know, partial Avenger movies just because a lot of characters yeah. make cameos in them. And then, like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of side stories that don't involve Captain America. So it's, um, you know, it's like an Avengers movie, but especially Civil War, it felt like a. Yeah. I like Avengers, knows. like Avengers, like 1.5 or like 2.5, you know what I mean? Like a halfway movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. It should have just been, yeah. 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 But anyway, um, so yeah, those are the ones I watched. I also watched uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's like my favorite of all of them. So. Yeah. That's one of my favorites too. I That's the second time I've watched it. I saw it in the theater and then I didn't watch it again until like two days ago. And I kind of forgot how funny it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's really well done. And it doesn't like... well. I'll touch on this a little bit with regards to the Suicide Squad, but even adding, like totally changing the tone of what Thor had been to that point in the Marvel universe, like adding all that humor to that character and that his world, like mm -hmm. made him so much better a character, I felt. Yes. But so I don't know. Yeah. So there's uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, I guess it's kind of the, the comedy at the expense of sort of like you know realism grittiness that i feel like some of those early hero movies were going for you know on on the coattails of the christopher nolan batman movies mm -hmm. when everything that was coming out was dark and real and overly Gritty. depressing I, I'd be interested. It, it would be a good episode to do if we all watch through a lot of them together and to see if we come up with the same opinions as we generally formed originally. Because I've definitely changed my tune on different movies throughout the years mm -hmm. from first viewing to the second. Um, yeah, if I would come down on the same page as before. So... Yeah. We should talk about yeah. that sometime or or like at least keep us updated. Uh, I was catching. Like, no, I really yeah. changed my mind on that one. <laughs> I don't think there's really anything I changed my mind on. But I did. I, I think rewatching some of them in, in pretty quick succession sort of like gave me a greater appreciation for what they sort of built. And, and going well, going back to the Winter Soldier, which I think was like one of the first Marvel movies in like what they were then calling these different phases i think that was like the first moment when they're like all right this is a whole new phase of this thing that we're building and like um you you definitely saw where i was picking up little um 
little story nuggets, you know, that they were sort of dropping and, and, and clearly they knew where they were going with it at that point, or at least right. well enough that they could put story elements in that, you know, and, and use and reference back to even like Black Widow today or the end game movie or whatever. So I thought that was kind of mm -hmm. cool. And I didn't catch it the first time because who nobody knew where it was going. So like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll get to we'll get to Andrew's week in a second. Before we do, I, you brought it up. I had to say it. We Andrew and I talked last week about Black Widow. Did you <clears> get to see that one? Yes. I and I like that. Well, they're free. What? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Without any spoilers, I liked it. I not my not by far my favorite, but I thought it was entertaining. I stayed engaged the whole time, and like, you know, was excited yeah. to see how it ended. Okay. I never felt it never um it never felt nothing ever felt forced and I think that's sometimes what I I sort of feel with some hero movies now even some of the older ones going back and watching them mm -hmm. is like ooh like some of the things they say are sort of cringy almost you know mm. there was a there was maybe a couple moments of black but I don't know for the most part I I did really like it we were getting I mean in those early marvel days we were sort of I, I I suppose taken aback, like we kind of got to a new level of what a superhero movie could be in a way. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, Nolan's Batman films and some of the Batman films of the past were their own thing, and 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 some of that. But there was a different level, I think, of the early Marvel films that we probably gave it some graces, you know, in yeah. ways that we we maybe wouldn't now as the <clears throat> the film adaptations or genre has has advanced. Definitely. So, um, I'll take a moment to thank uh, Fragilities for the follow. Thank you very much. And if anyone's watching or listening and has not heard our talk about Black Widow, you should go back to last week's episode and give that a listen for the full breakdown there. Um, otherwise, Andrea, how was your week? Have all kinds um... of cool stuff happen? Not too much. Um, I'm still in the throes of academia and working on the on my conference paper, so that's still taking a bunch of my time. But obviously, I uh, I snuck in a few things, um, watched some more Olympics and some closing ceremonies. So I just feel like you always got to catch that and see what each country, you know, kind of has to offer as their kind of like wrap up of the Olympic Games. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was really fun. It was like upbeat and colorful and um nothing like too like crazy outlandish or fancy, but just like very very representative of Japan and like the okay. the cultural element of the country. Um weird to see an empty stadium though. Like weird to see like, you know, thousands upon thousands of performers and like all the athletes, then there's like nobody there. It was like mm -hmm peeking into the weirdest like block party ever or something. It's just very strange, <laughs> but, uh, but fun to watch. Um, and then of course I watched the suicide squad, not suicide squad. Going to have to remember to not get tripped up by that in our, in our discussion. Um, but watch that for this week. And then, um, I managed to sneak in a little reading I'm reading Ruin and Rising right now, which is the third book in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. So I'm, oh, okay. I'm excited about that because it's I think it's been like a solid, like kind of young adult, you know, series. Um, so, yeah, 
I'm excited to wrap that up and see where that goes. I, w- and then, I was just like, oh, go ahead. Oh, what? No, 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 you go. You go. Well, it was, so just with Shadow and Bone, I mm-hmm. was changing my um, Netflix profile icon or I was going to, and I was looking through all different ones and they had Shadow and Bone ones in there. I'm like, oh, I just was reminded of this show and that I enjoyed it quite a bit. So yeah, I'm looking forward to whenever that picks up again. Yeah, yeah. Season two, I mean, I think they like renewed it pretty much as season one was airing. Uh, they're already like, yeah, this is going to be a hit. We're going to do it. Um, they announced some like new characters and stuff for season two. So that I'm glad that that's definitely happening because I thought that was a, an excellent show. Yeah. Um, Thick King other- Grease. He's in the chat. Oh, Shout hey. On Netflix. Thumbs up. Hey, nice. again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good show. Good book series. Would recommend both. Um, yeah. The other, the other thing I was going to say is I completely forgot I snuck in a twins game into my week. So I was at that last night. That was very fun. Nice to like. Did they win? They did. They did. I, I did not have high hopes because um, the game that they played before with the White Sox, they lost like 10 to zero. So I was like, oh, oh, well, I guess I'm just like going for the atmosphere and like, you know, yeah. going to do something. And then they like, like hit a home run and they were you know, on top. And then the White Sox hit some home runs and they were, you know, I was like, oh, well, that was fun while it lasted. But then the twins like snuck in uh, another couple homers and managed to hang on until the end to win it by one run. So it ended up being pretty exciting. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Andrea, what um, what Olympic event do you like to watch? Volleyball. Okay. Oh, okay. Volleyball. Although I did, I watched uh, water polo for the first time and was extremely fascinated by water polo. I do not understand, like, anything that's happening in water polo. But They're treading water the whole time. They're they're insane athletes. Like it's I can't crazy. I can't imagine. Like they just they're so quick. It's like the speed of it is like soccer in water. And it's just amazing how much they have to like back and forth they have to do. It's they like make speed. it look so easy. They do. They're just like back and forth in the pool, mm-hmm. whereas I'd be like drowning in the middle, like, can I just like stay here? Like and I'll just <laughs> like throw a hand up or something. I don't know. You make a great goalie. I would. I really would. <laughs> I was a goalie in soccer, actually. So, you know. <laughs> uh, did you watch some Olympics then too, Shane? Um, I mostly watched like, recaps and stuff. I didn't actually watch any of the live bits. Um, okay. I don't like being marketed towards. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, no, I was. I, yeah, no, I, I did watch a little bit. Uh, I was excited for some of the new um events this year mm-hmm. and especially the rock climbing uh, yeah added. that was cool mm. yeah yeah it's kind of an interesting yep. thing that they did if you're at all in the know of you know rock climbing they took three different um kind of approaches to rock climbing and fused them into one event so if you were performing as an olympian this year you had to do all three types of climbing, which oh. if you're a climber is not something that is done very easily because they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're very different in terms mm-hmm. of like what they physically require of somebody. So, um, and then I think they took like the average, 
um, performance scores between the three events and then chose, a, chose their medalists from that. So. Sure. Okay. Nice. Well, I basically forgot about the Olympics this week. I watched <laughs> the women's volleyball and then I, oh, I was of course done, you did, John. <laughs> I watch any volleyball that's on. Like that's, I, that's my favorite sport to watch and to play. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just my favorite. So, but I, I thought that it was like about done then. I didn't really realize it was another week. And then midway through the week, I'm like, oh, there's still right. more Olympics. <laughs> and I just didn't turn it back on, I guess. So, yeah. It's a long that's run. Good. Yeah. Like, well, and I, I forget that they air so many of like, when you think about like track and field, they do like, you know, the qualifying rounds and like all the, you know, like all, you know, it's like the heats basically instead of the final, just the mm. final. So you feel like, didn't I already see that? Like, didn't the women already run like the 400, whatever? And they're like, nope, that was just like all the qualifying stuff. So, yeah, I was just reading why they show all that. And it's, they show, they decide which events they air on television based on um, like how many people they can get to tune in. And like, that is the largest percentage of deciding like, you know, which events they keep from year to year and all this other stuff sure. and even like rate them, grade them. And uh, the athletics, I think it's athletics, swimming and gymnastics are, are like the three that will always pretty much always be in the summer Olympics because they bring in the biggest viewership and so I think for that reason, if you just showed like the final race, like the final 100 meter race is over in less than 10 seconds. Right. So, you know, can't get a lot of viewership for very long. Not too many commercial breaks when you're just, you know, right. viewers for that amount of time. It's like a total of like 50 seconds and you're like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that. Yeah. I think we should go back to basics. We go back to Athens. Everyone must compete naked. And we're going to get rid of all the frivolous other events. It's just going to be like throwing things far and like running fast. <laughs> running and far. Like that's where it's going to be. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Wrestling. I did, I did learn of the Olympic pentathlon, which is like a, an activity that they are. I guess there's been a lot of challenges to whether or not to keep it. But it, the if you're not familiar, pentathlon means there are five events, right? So right. Um, and the five events are basically centered around um like military performance i guess because mm. the first and, and you take your score through you know the highest combination score of the five events but the first one is fencing and the second one is horse dancing or some sort of equestrian control okay. and then um gosh now i'm forgetting it's like running it there's one that's Running with a pistol and then like stopping and shooting along the way. Okay. 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 I was gonna say there's gotta be some sort of like target. <laughs> like with the skiing. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Uh and the fifth one, what is the fifth one? I wanna say swimming or something like that, but I don't think it is swimming. I don't, hmm. you know, maybe Alan can chime in with the one. Anyways, hmm. it's really interesting. So I'm like, yeah, running and shooting plus uh horse dancing. It's an interesting combination. Yeah. It's like old yeah. school, like cavalry type yeah. military. Yeah. Yep. Run, just yeah. running from dogs, <laughs> just like <laughs> chasing you down. Yeah. Donning armor or something like that. That must be the fifth, the fifth of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alan says fencing, swimming, riding, shooting, and running. Okay. Yeah, so we're on track for swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, I didn't, I did do one water activity. Speaking of swimming, I fished a little this week, um, nice. a little more fishing. And, what did you fish for? Um, largemouth bass. Did you catch anything? Yeah, we caught some. It was a little slow. Um, we we're going to keep a couple, but if you don't, it's like a pain, they're a pain to clean. So if you're mm -hmm. not going to have a few of them, it's like, ah, do we bother? So, yeah, but I got to ask, ask you a question, John. So I'm just, re I'm 34 years old. I'm just now entering the world of fishing. Okay. And, let's, uh, let's go. I got, and you, yeah, exactly. And so I went fishing a couple weekends ago for bass and I, you know, I set my rig up. I don't know what the technical term is, but I set my, my pole up, my lineup, whatever. And it was all information that I, based on information I had found on the internet. And, oh uh, gosh, <laughs> and, uh, it didn't work out so well. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, what did you do? Like, how do you fish for bass? Do you want to talk about bass fishing? I was going to say, like, I mean, I feel like the first question would be like, what kind of lure did you use and where did you go? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good questions. Is it like a secret? No, no I'm just, I'm no, like I'm genuinely good. curious. Like, oh, me. Yeah, like, you want to know me? I yeah. thought you were asking John. No, but yeah. I no, used to, I, mean, uh, I know yeah. very little about bass fishing. So I was just curious, so I, to, like, what you tried. So I used, um, I just used a hook. And night crawler, and I had uh, I bought special hooks that I found were appropriate for bass fishing, which were I'm not gonna I don't know how to say it. It's like four slash zero, what is it? Something like that. Extra wide gap fishing hooks, and you know used what the internet calls the Texas rig in terms of hooking your worms. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. and then I had like a a quarter, uh, quarter ounce, you know, bullet weight on my line. And that was pretty much it. And I was just going to cast and reel and then hopefully catch something, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're putting on some sort of worm to like jig, so worm and a weights and some of that, um, you usually want to be doing that in like, if it's weedy. So maybe you have a mm -hmm. bunch of lily pads in front of you or some sort of good weed cover that you can throw in and then you reel it in slow. You sort of jig it up, let it drop and then reel it a little bit, jig mm -hmm. it up, let it drop. And then if they bite, you have to give them time to like consume that worm. So yeah, mm -hmm. like count to three or something like that and then set the hook hard. Yep. So yeah, I mean, um, usually if you were fishing from a dock or something. No, I, we had a canoe. Canoe. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we, what, we normally do is um, most of the time, it depends on the lake and stuff, we're using spinner baits. So mm -hmm. there's no no live bait or anything like that involved. Mm -hmm. It's just a spinner. And then, you know, that's flat, it's shiny. So, you know, then you can cast it out, reel and cast it out. And that's good to go along the edge of weeds or try to kind of get it near docks or under docks in some places. Near trees that may just, be in the water. Yep. And keep doing that and that's that's what we do a lot and then we'll you know kind of go along the shore or wherever we're working and then if things aren't working we might switch it up so we have frogs of that were we'll cast on, on top of lily pads fishings so our lake trip they don't get stuck you know the um, they don't get caught in the weeds and they mm -hmm. float um and then yeah if you want to get in 
deep somewhere in the weeds, then you can do the little jig with a worm. And we usually use fake worms that you can um, reuse a bunch, you know, um, they smell good for them and stuff or whatever. I don't know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I'm sorry you didn't have any good luck. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's embarrassing to admit it, but like after, you know, maybe eight or 10 casts, I lost my hook because I don't think I tied the line. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all a learning experience. I would have driven out there, okay? I just like I here, all right? Go fish and we'll make this work. I have plenty of lures. I can mm -hmm. give you some. Yeah, I'm all right, well, you. anytime. You want to go fishing? Let's go fishing. Yep. We'll go fishing. Okay. Um, fishing talk. Here we are. Thick King. It's the new theme fish. of the show. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We're I just see, proving we're not one-dimensional. I mean, we can talk about more than pop culture things. Yeah. We can talk right. about fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I also watched on Alan's suggestion, Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I'm almost done with season oh, yeah. one. Um, it's uh, it's really good. Um, it's basically it is a it is a zombie show, but it's it feels different enough, and it's interesting how it's a little different given it's zombies, but dealing with like Korean royalty, mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot. There's another season when I'm done with this one and a movie. So it's on Netflix um, because we were talking before, like what I wanted to watch some K dramas or something like that. And I think Alan was doing everything he could to suggest I watch something Korean. That's not a Korean drama. So he didn't <laughs> have to hear me talk about it. So, but uh, yeah, we'll get to the Korean drama too. That'll happen too. So I'm sorry, Alan. Um, and then I did watch the Mortal Kombat movie too, the newer Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, how was that? Um, it was good. I mean, it's not particularly original, but like it does well to pay, you know, make it be an homage to the uh, game. You know, there's familiar lines and how the characters you know work well. Um, it was good. I liked it. I, I recommend it. So, yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, you seen it? Yeah, I was entertained by it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Lots of the familiar characters. And that's really why you watch Mortal Kombat. Yeah. The action was good. It wasn't like corny or cheesy, really, you know? It was the right balance of everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Didn't shy away from uh, the. the the bloody violence. No, right. You got to have the fatalities, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, Thick King agrees. Tons of fan service and pleasantly violent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and then because I I had to pretend that I'm younger than I am, I guess I watched the Fortnite concert. Um, oh. It's it was um, Ariana Grande was doing a thing. They put her like. Um, likeness in the game that you can like be you know you use as your avatar and stuff like that two different versions or whatever and then they had a show and it's it's really one of those things that i think is pretty awesome they've done it with a number of artists now they even had mm -hmm. you know i think bts on there before 
and there are varying degrees. Like some of them, you just go into this like kind of party mode that you can hang out with people. And then there's sort of a stage and a concert. And other ones are real, are like a real trip. They really bring you through. They change the environments all around you. They've done it for okay. Star Wars events. They've done it for, you know, a number of different artists as well. And they make it like, you know, a interactive concert that I think is, they've just done it um, the best. Yeah, Thick King, Thick King says Travis Scott. Yeah, that was, I think he yeah. did the one too. And that was one of the earlier ones that kind of blew people's minds a bit. It's like, oh, this is a really cool shared event thing, you know, that's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool. So, yes. Um, Andrea, please yeah. save us from boring drinks. Because I see Shane has his uh, LaCroix. <laughs> You know, uh -huh. exciting stuff. I have, because I ha already had two beers at the restaurant, I'm just drinking a Red Bull. Okay. So, Andrea, Trying to keep yourself us. awake. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I am celebrating one of the days that uh, is nice. occurring this week. I'm not celebrating either of the two most unusual. Um. So, we had on Monday the 9th, there were two drink celebratory days. Um, World Baiju Day, and then Scottish Gin Day, and that's what I'm celebrating. So I've got a gin really? and ginger, yep, with Hendrix. A Scottish gin. gin. Okay. Hendrix, yep, okay. it's my favorite gin. At oh, least okay. so, so far that I've tried. I do, I know, like, gin isn't for everybody. It's, uh, you know, it can be anywhere on the spectrum of, you know, pleasantly junipery to, like, pine sol you know, in a bottle, but, uh, I quite like Hendrix. So that's what I've got to drink today. Very nice. All right. Have either of you had Baiju? I've not. No, I want but it. I, okay. You I was going to say, I assume John has or. Yeah, no, I don't think I, I don't think I have, yeah. you know, it's like the Chinese version basically of shochu or shoju. Mm -hmm. um well, it's a it's a little more turpentiny than that oh so sure. you've had it yeah yeah they uh my father-in-law has done uh, taken a number of trips to china and uh whenever we visit him he has this bottle of baiju that he brought from back from china and uh i refuse to drink any more of it <laughs> well, like drinking, i mean drinking alan's fire. comment is it's harsh <laughs> yeah. It's like drinking fire, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there like, any well, sort of like, like flavor to it, or is it just like, like pouring gasoline yes. down your throat? Y yes, to both. It's gasoline okay. flavored. <laughs> <laughs> well, to my understanding, it's like there. It's like any, you know, liquor. There's a wide variety. You know, it's even like like gin. You talk about gin. You know, Bombay Sapphire is very different from Hendrix, you know, sure. and right. like they, they're very, very different. And and sake varies widely. You know, this is just like a type of Chinese liquor that can be made from rice or wheat or any number mm -hmm. of different grains. So I feel like at a certain point with like very strong alcohols, when you get to a certain alcohol concentration, mm -hmm. does it really like where you where you get the like what grain you source the the concentrated distilled alcohol from does it really make the alcohol taste different if like 90 per 95 percent of the liquid you're drinking is mm. 
just alcohol. It's certainly not to my palate. Like, right. I can't. Right. You know, if someone can, I can't. Well, I'd be. I mean, I'd be interested to know, like, because there are definitely like different alcohols where like it's it's a strong like sense of alcohol, but it tastes different than other things. Like the the most alcoholy intense thing I've ever had is Jepson's Malort. And that oh. that is like intense alcohol, like in your face, but it also tastes like like tar and pine needles and like rubber bands. Some you know what I is mean? That the like thing you made us drink. Is that the thing yes, that was at the at Super like, Bowl? Yeah. took shot It's like terrible. Mm. There's like a taste that's bad. almost indescribable, but like reminds you of something specific. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like I'm drinking alcohol. It's like I'm drinking alcohol that tastes like rubber bands, you know? Mm. So I don't know. I just find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh. always surprised at the people that like really do um, like develop such a palate and they can just know and they just can right. place all the whiskeys and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not that good. Yeah. Um, the Thick King mentioned the Chicago handshake, and that is unfamiliar to me. So I was looking that up quickly. Uh, <laughs> slang for a special drink involving a shot of Jepson's uh, Malort paired with an old school Midwestern beer. Most oh, okay. typically old style beer. Oh, boy. Wow. See, there you go. I'd be game, but oh, man. It's, the been, it's, been a, it's been a while since I've had Malort, and it is oof. It is not the question is, forget. does the Malort ruin the beer or does the beer save the Malort? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know what could ever save Malort. It is <laughs> it is so much. It is a I lot. love the name. Malort, yeah, it's great. If, yeah. Andrea, if you've got this sitting at your house, um, you know, gathering dust, and you also plan on going to um, the Halloween party, please bring it with you because I assume that maybe the next time I see you, I'd like to try it. Done and done. All right, great. <laughs> wow. Shane, you're just going to fall on the floor after one shot after all this time. <laughs> It'll be it's the only lot. thing I drink. It'll be the only thing <laughs> I've, yeah, I've had to drink in like two years. So. It, dude, it won't even be the alcohol that like drops you. It'll just be like the taste where you're like, what is this? Like, yeah. I can't. Wow. I can't. <laughs> the thinking is triggered. He's sitting there fuming right now. Your disrespect for Malort, a Chicago treasure, he said. I didn't say I didn't like it. It's just like, it's so much. It's like, I mean, if we had it to, leaves, like, it leaves an imprint on you. Your claims here, though. Well, okay, yeah, okay. I mean, I would, I would approach it with caution. I mean, I wouldn't just like, you know, like my mom who's, you know, drinking like wine coolers and like Riesling. I wouldn't be like, here, mom, I recommend this. Like, you, you <laughs> right. can't just like, you know, give it to a newbie. Like, you can't, you have to know what you're getting into with Malort. Okay. You never know, so, though. You give it to somebody who's never had it before, never had anything like it before. Maybe they just love that rum fancy, you know? That's what you can tell them afterwards when they're spinning I think it up. people are crazy for eating black happen. licorice. So, I mean. That's true. That's true. Sure. Yeah, to each yep. their own. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like a point of pride to do it. Like, just because it's, it's just like so much that I weirdly like love it when we're all just like, oh my God, we should do this. Like, have a shot of Malort. And it's like, oh man, everybody get ready, get prepared. <laughs> I don't know right. what I'm going to taste this time. 
uh thick king says it's the best tasting alcohol seasoned with sweaty balls you'll ever mm. have mm-hmm. <laughs> yep that's a, that's another flavor profile that so, i no, that i missed in my initial analysis <laughs> not necessary to add salt is what you're saying yeah no it's not yeah. like a tequila shot yeah, it's no. already built in there <laughs> paired with the ball fl- um, the balls flavor <laughs> i didn't look this up so maybe you can tell me what uh what are uh alberino days uh so it's a white wine um that comes from one of the spanish coasts it's like a particular grape that that makes uh, this particular white wine nice Mm -hmm. so wow they get days not they get days many days through the 11th yes indeed i'm not sure why i didn't go that deep in looking it up but yeah so yeah, so that's well, that's one of the the tamer, you know, during holidays as well. Just some yeah. Spanish white wine. Not a lot happens in Spain those four days. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's okay. Maybe. Couldn't we all use that? Just like four yeah. days of not a lot happening. Mm-hmm. We get to use four days here of um like rye then, huh? Or bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. That's the uh, American. Very yeah, very classic thing, American. Like. Yeah. So um, all right, we have a few news stories before we get on to the Suicide Squad. Um, let's see. So I'm going to combine a couple of these because they're gaming stories. Mm-hmm. And um, we had two, these, Shane, these are perfect for you. We had two indie game events um, one day after the next. So we yeah. had uh, ID mm-hmm. at Xbox, which was seemed like an all-day affair. Um, so if you had the time for that. And then there was a Nintendo Any World showcase today. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of watched, I did watch all of the Nintendo one. Mm-hmm. I saw some of the Xbox one and a few other highlights from it and stuff. Did either of you get to catch these events or any pieces of them? Yeah, no. I caught uh, I caught Nintendo. I did not Xbox. Xbox was just going to be a little bit too much of my time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of appreciate what Xbox is trying to do. They like get Twitch hosts on there to talk, you know, show off some stuff, be excited and interview some people. Like, I kind of get that. But they're they're throwing people in this that are not used to this kind of gig, I guess, yeah. it seems. And it's just it really draws out the format. It's because when you, you look at it, like the Nintendo event, it seems so much more tightly run because it mm-hmm. literally is an announcer saying, here's this thing. You show a little bit of something and then you get a little word from the dev and then you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope Xbox can maintain their like fun community element they're trying to do here, but pick up the pace a little bit more, yeah. especially when you're when you're the breakup in between everything is like um, you're not largely showing new games it's a lot of just new trailers for the same games we know are coming already mm-hmm. uh, i think a nintendo event suffered from that some too but um but yeah but at least it's more uh, manageable th- yes you know what i mean yeah, like it's, it's way just shorter more it's like 20 minutes yeah, yeah like i can do that like even if it's not yeah. like the most exciting content like i could still watch it and be like oh right okay now i remember this mm-hmm. is coming out was there anything in the nintendo event then that stood out to you 
Um, not really. I kind of the the one game that I thought was like really interesting and different was uh Loop Hero, where okay. like you don't you don't play as the hero, you get to like create the game around them and like create the obstacles that they face and things like that. I thought that was kind of fun. Like uh, in a weird way, like thinking like a developer, you know what I mean? Like you're not just like playing the game. It's like, okay, so if I were like designing, you know, all the trials and obstacles for a hero game, like what would I do? I don't know. That was fun. I think it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's a little bit wrong, more than that, know. but yeah, well, I think it's more like you get to um, add the things that the hero uses to in- deal with the threats that come th- through. Maybe you, I'm wrong. Shane, have you, cause it like, you like get shields and different weapons and yeah. like things that you place and try to put them in the right mm-hmm. order. So as they're going by whatever threat, they use the proper item or so. I haven't played it yet. And I understand that if you do, you can, it's really fun. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't, I, I've seen it. I haven't played it yet, but I've heard good things. So. Yeah. Yeah. It yep. looked fun. Just looked like a little bit different than what, like, how a normal game runs. So just was yep. interested in that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, inter- I'm interested in Eastward. So um, oh, sure. the developers behind um, Stardew Valley, um, not only is was it announced at the Xbox event, I believe that Stardew Valley is coming to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't played that yet, that's available there um, soon. And then they're doing this other game that takes place on a ship that I think is coming to PC. And now there's this game, Eastward. Um, and, you know, their thing is sort of these kind of community man. I don't know if I say that. You, your adventure and usually a town and kind of build it out. And like you have your, your homestead and you make relationships mm-hmm. with other people. And like, um, was kind of the scene as the usurper of Harvest Moon, you know, um, when they, when Stardew Valley came out. And um, yeah, it seems like they're, they must be expanding. And they're, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for whatever they, whatever they release. And this is a timed Switch exclusive, this Eastward. Um, and then Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. I was a fan of Jet Set Radio Future. Sure. And the vibe of Jet Grind Radio and some of that, um, like on a Dreamcast. And this is clearly that. They never went and made more of them, so this is clearly that um, mm-hmm. again. But um, Visually, that looked whatever. really fun. Sure. Yeah. Yep. The Thick King says, do I need to get a Switch? I mean... I think we need to get a, a a switch if you like games, but that's me. Um, yeah, uh, Axiom Verge Two I think is out today. That was shown off there more. Mm-hmm. So, or at least the reviews are coming out, and I know and stuff now. So, um, Garden Story looks cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking I was okay with cute, it then. I thought the antenna was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was, I mean, it was, like you said, it was well-paced, like, easy to, easy to follow, easy to watch, like, good format. Um, but speaking of cute, I thought, like, Toem was a game that would be totally up your alley, John, if it was, like, the setting was different. 
because it's literally mm. like a game of taking Which... pictures. It was like the oh. Swedish one. Yes, 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 yes. I feel like if it was a different setting, that would totally be you, like taking pictures, and like that's like part of the objective of the game. Come on, snap! Like, yeah, to like get this like great composed picture, and like that's part mm. of like what you do, and you like show it off to like other people and in the game. Sure. But I was like, yeah, I don't feel like the setting is like John's cup of tea. I do feel like modern games, particularly like AAA games are failing if in a way like I will dock them if they don't have a proper photo mode. Right. Um, because like the pictures I've taken in Cyberpunk 2077 and in Control, I just I just love doing it. I mm -hmm. even Horizons are Dawn, I spent way too much time uh, taking pictures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In those games. And other people take way longer than I do. Like some of the right. the the art that people create um in these photo modes is pretty nuts but like i remember in uh resident Evil village now then that was mm -hmm. kind of a complaint the really basic photo mode yeah so yeah it's a bummer you yeah couldn't, you couldn't reveal ethan's face though john just yeah i guess right they, they, they could just like you could have chose what like silly emoji to put in place of his face <laughs> right <laughs> like you get to unlock them you spend your money that you get in the game to unlock different emojis to put over his face yeah yeah it's a million dollar idea mm -hmm. um the thick king since horizons are dawn is top 10 for me uh ever yeah. and i had to mention that because i i agree i it's I just, I don't know what it is with the, that world I connected Wait, with so much. You like that game? You didn't know? <laughs> I've not talked about it? You've never mentioned it. Well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I um, think that, I mean, it's in my top five. I've often said yeah. that or Breath of the Wild are my favorite game. I don't know, but it's tough. So more people need to play it. More people I know need to play it. I should say it that way. So, well, when I am uh, when I am done with this conference paper, I am like looking to kick back and like play a game and have fun again. So, maybe that's that's what I'll have to start. Well, you're gonna need a PlayStation. Well, you got that PC in front of you. That's right. It's that's on PC right. now. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, that's basically the gaming events summed up. There was more there, but uh, Alan just chatted I, Borderlands. Alan, I do have to get back yeah. to knifing some skags. No, <laughs> just move on. Just I'm gonna tell you, move on. You want to? You say you want to have fun in the game, okay? <laughs> Stop knifing things and like <laughs> something else. I mean, I feel like going back to Borderlands One is not the right move. <laughs> not the right move. It's gonna take me. It's gonna take me like till 2022 to finish Borderlands. Mm -hmm. with my knifing skills they are on point but mm -hmm. it does take a while yeah you can go to you know borderlands like alice's borderlands 3 you could do borderlands 3 and then break your habit of like i need to play all in the order previous yeah, entries. yeah. <laughs> like i should like i should have done with assassin's creed i'm still like trying to like let go of the fact that i don't have to start in the beginning yeah where where i'd like start a new assassin's creed and i feel dirty because i haven't played all of them it's you know it's this because video games is and this is a question okay here's here's a discussion oh boy 
Oh boy, so, what did I start? Sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, movies and music, you know, they had their time. Movies, when they start, okay, they're black and white and silent. Um, they're short, that kind of thing. Camera angles are not, you know, it's like, it's very limited. And the the language of film begins to develop over the years. And the French do a lot of work in, like, figuring out the language of cinematography. And we get sound, and we get color, and things advance. And so then going back to watch all the way to the earliest stages of film, that's fine. That's great. We can learn something, and you can enjoy it. But there is, like, you hit a point where film developed. Ha, okay. pun. And... um it's um video games i don't know if it's gotten there you know because you can go back to the beginning of video games and maybe you can enjoy it but it's progressed so much mm. with at least certain types of games it's some games are are ruined they're basically non-playable anymore with how old they are mm -hmm. um are we going to get to that point in video games are we there yet we're now moving forward for the foresee, you know, in 30 years, will people play The Last of Us mm. and unchanged and love it? Or will it be missing so much that gaming has yet to develop into? Mm. That, God, that's a tough question. I mean, there's, it's so hard to know because technology has developed so rapidly you know what i mean like it, over the over the past you know how many decades like it just feels like leaps and bounds from from what it what it did to what it can do now hard to know if we're gonna like keep on that like steep trajectory of like technology advancing so far in such little time or if it's gonna be like we've hit a peak do you know what i mean like hard for me to answer that question without knowing, I think, like how technology might change. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're going to, I mean, I feel like we're already kind of seeing what video games are becoming in terms of like, I think I've mentioned this to some, in some form before, but um, the experiential aspect of playing a game, kind of like watching a movie and something that's really emotionally powerful you find so moving that it'll bring you to tears or it'll make you laugh or it'll make you feel something. Mm -hmm. And I think like the best video games in, in my regard have been ones that have like great movies made me feel something. And I feel like that becomes, I, I feel like that's the goal with pretty much any meat, any, any popular media, generally mm -hmm. speaking. And like when we, when, when there's the advent of virtual reality and how a person can almost live inside of a game or, or experience a game inside of the game, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's where it's going. And I feel like as that technology develops and becomes more accessible, we're going to see things shift in that direction more and more. Not that, not that I feel like 2D platformers or anything like that will ever go away, truly, mm -hmm. as long as there's a market for it. But, um, and I think there always will be because that's like the classic video game, right? Mario mm -hmm. Brothers, whatever. So, um, at, at least as long as I'm alive. But um, 
but yeah, anyways, that's where that's. That's, yeah, what, um, that's you know, sort of like what I was thinking too, like how, how like experiential, how VR can we get with video games? Mm-hmm. And then thinking like, would we remake things so that they turn into that? Or would it just be like, at that point, it's like, no, that's a lost cause. Like, let's move on to like new stories, new games. You know what I mean? Like, would we, would we like remake Last of Us or, you know, I don't know, Breath of the Wild or Horizon Zero Dawn? Like, would that, would that have to turn into like, we have to remake this in this new medium because they're so good? Or is it like, no, like we, we just can't even translate. We have to do something new. I think that depends. I think it depends. You, you just think about anything that was, you know, built or created any sort of art or whatever that was created for general consumption to like Mm -hmm. appease the masses. You think of like William Shakespeare writing Romeo and Juliet based on Tristan and Isolde, right? Like Mm -hmm. these stories keep happening, but just different names, you know, and maybe slight variations, but it's essentially the same thematic story, theme story wise, right? So I, I don't know. And maybe maybe Nintendo's found something that like they can't release another, you know, high, high fantasy or fantasy themed sword and shield type video game without including Link and Zelda. Otherwise, they don't sell. But sure. um, I would imagine like if there were a big enough span or gap in time where there wasn't a Zelda game, they could maybe create a new character that did something similar. I mean, it will be, we get that from the competition, you know, we get Zelda likes, you know, that from other, from other companies. Um, so yeah, I, um, but I mean, I think it's to the question of, will there be like, will we need to remake it? I think that has borne out to be absolutely true. We must remake mm-hmm. everything, you know, but <laughs> like sometimes I feel no ideas left. <laughs> But that's my point is sometimes the technology, you know, a, a point in film got to the point, the point where we reached a point in film where we got um, films we can go back to see and still enjoy because the technological barrier was no longer there. Like enough of the technology has had advanced and the language of film had advanced that we can go back and watch and enjoy and understand that now. Whereas like they may remade Resident Evil 2. If you go back now, a modern gamer that is not having a nostalgic connection and play Resident Evil right. 2 on the PlayStation 2, I think it was, um, you, that's not an enjoyable experience. Right, right. You know, you're, the nostalgia experience is, is, is it. So you needed that remake. You needed mm-hmm. the modern version of that now. You can go back and watch, you know, I don't know. Um, pick an old movie, I guess, you know, clockwork orange, or you go to alien or you go, you know, however far back you want to go, you can go back to Gunsmoke television shows or whatever and enjoy these things. They don't need to be remade. Yeah. They still convey the emotion and the experience that they would have then. Um, whereas that's not true yet for games. Sure. That the medium is, is timeless though where it's at right now. yeah yeah hmm. right you know like and does video you know i don't think video games need to get to the point where 
it's indistinguishable from real life to be, you know, timelessly enjoyed. I mean, there's special effects in older movies that are not, um, definitely not real to life and can still very much enjoy the film. Mm -hmm. But there are some that really detract. You know, if you watch House on Haunted Hill or whatever, and again, you don't have any previous connection to it or nostalgia factor, and you see the things literally hanging by strings or something like that, it's not as effective as right. when you originally saw it and you were dealing with that technology. Right. So, I don't know. I think I think there is something to be said about this, the, like the strength of the, you know, the writing or the material that the, for example, a movie or a TV show or even a video game, you know, if, 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 like, is there a story number one or like what, what, what's the context of what you're experiencing and like how well is that done and how gripping is that? I feel like at least, at least in my experience, I'm willing to, I'm willing to look past certain shortcomings, what I would see as shortcomings now. Like I could watch, yep. you know, an old silent film and well, I don't know, maybe, maybe not a silent film, but anyways, you know what I mean? Like I could go, I could go back older far film. enough, older film and watch something that I find gripping enough. And I'm okay with the fact that it's in black and white or the sound isn't in surround, you know, the acting isn't as it, it's, uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a little over the top in terms of the acting, but it's not as nuanced as acting is today. But right. I look past those things because of the strength of the material. And I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes and I think you are right, you know, with a video game, that's a little more challenging because, you know, I, I use your example as Resident Evil. Like I, I remember specifically going back after probably more than a decade or two of not having ever played um, GoldenEye 64. Oh right. my god, that's going back, yeah. And trying to play that the original on the Nintendo 64, forget about it. Like I couldn't even I couldn't even figure out where I was in space to like know what to shoot. But you know, that <laughs> game didn't stand the test of time. That's why they had to redo that one. But you know, whenever I hang out with you know some of some of my friends, like we'll pop in Mario Kart 64, the actual cartridge, and like mm -hmm. still love that game like that one yeah. definitely yep. is a classic that doesn't really need to be recreated but they you know they come out with new iterations of it but i still love the original mm -hmm. yep i suppose that wasn't the original where they had the super right. nintendo right i saw today i wish i would have uh i guess i would have if i knew we were to talk about this i would have wrote it down um but it was it was a question like if you could choose only one game to remake um what would it be you could only choose one and it was i know on the list was resident evil 4 um star wars knights of the republic mm. golden eye i think there was one more um let's see maybe i'm not sure where it is but i chose okay. gold i chose uh, knights of the republic actually because I think it has the most to offer. And it's a game that is story heavy. And I think that's where, like, I watch Ashley play a lot of these RPGs often. And um, there's an element where the eyes are a little dead, the facial expressions are a little weak or whatever, where you're not selling me as much as 
a game from Naughty Dog would if it mm -hmm. had that extra polish and an extra time, you know. And so that's a game that it's still great, but it would be better. It would be more enjoy that way. And so something like Knights yeah. of the Republic that is like you making a lot of decisions and a lot of cool stuff happening, I think could really be the one that would benefit from total remake. Sure. So, but would they put that much effort into like, you know, well, yes, capture, this is the dream capturing. Yeah. Yes. This is when you, when you, well, just when you talk about like the last of us, and, and the, you know, the acting in, right. Like it's like, you're watching a movie, but that is the game. And so like, if they didn't put that amount of time into perfecting, you know, what it looks like on the screen when you're playing it, that game isn't pretty much nothing. Like the gameplay is fun, absolutely, but it's not like it's revolutionary, like it's not something you've done in other stealth, whatever type video games. Yeah. So like without that, it doesn't really, I don't think it really holds up. But like a game like Knights of the Old Republic has so much more to it it has so much more depth in terms of like what you can do, or at least for the time, you know, when it came out, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. All right. Well, sorry for the sidetrack. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a bit of gaming news uh, and gaming uh, tangential here. Idris Elba is um, going to be the voice of Knuckles. And the next yeah. Sonic movie. So, um, Shane, did you watch the Sonic movie? The live action? I, no, I haven't. I actually do want to watch it. I've, I've heard it's not bad. Same. I, I was surprised. I was surprised. So, um, I kind of messed up this because I should have moved this other story around. So, I'm just going to, like, segues be damned because I want to talk about it. Prisoners of Ghostland. Um, just saw the trailer for it today. It's a Nicolas Cage movie, and I really want to see it. I think it looks nuts. I think Nicolas Cage is just, he's on the top of his game right now. <laughs> like, he is. He's having a little projects. renaissance right now. Yes. He's, like, he's a la Keanu Reeves, like two years ago. Him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But Keanu Reeves is still always a little... I love Keanu Reeves, okay? Prefaced, I love Keanu Reeves, but he is more one note. Yeah. He is cool. I'm, I'm just Ke saying, like, Keanu I think he's, Reeves. like... Like, Keanu Reeves, like, two years ago was, like, peak Keanu revival of his career. You know, like, everybody was, like, in love yeah. with Keanu Reeves again because he was doing, like, so many projects. And I feel like Nick Cage is, like, I like coming into that zone right now. Where he's just like doing a bunch of different things that are everybody's like, right, yeah, Nicolas Cage, like, what you been doing, man? Like, you're back. That's awesome. So I mean, I wonder if I wonder if Keanu Reeves, if his like his like he's peaked here now because I feel I wonder if it's like the bad press around Cyberpunk 2077. It's like. Like that was going to be, oh my God, he's in this game. It's a predominant right. role. Like that was at the peak of his, of his everything. Right. And then the game came out and Crash people and brought burned, it on yeah. last 10 systems and it was a pile of garbage there. And so like when the Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 I, come out. I know. I want to know. Is, it gonna, is he still riding high? Or is it like, oh, we've kind of had our Keanu fun now. Right, right. Yeah, I... uh I'm not really 
like I don't feel like people's minds will be changed by John Wick four. Like whatever whatever way it goes, like I don't know. I feel like there's less risk risk involved that people will be like, I'm over Keanu Reeves. Whereas like Matrix is just one of those like core film trilogies of like our generation that's like if Matrix four is good, like yeah, he's back, like solidify Keanu Reeves. And if it bombs, it's like, okay, well that was fun. Like you had you had a run at it, Keanu. Like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Do we think is there any information on John Wick four? Will it be the final John Wick? No, it's not gonna be the final <laughs> John Wick. There's already John Wick five. Oh, there already is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's, I that's why just, I say like nobody's four. life gonna be changed by John Wick four. <laughs> yeah. Like it's already still here. Yeah. So I feel like I went into every test. John Wick movie expecting an ending and then like being like, Oh, there's gonna be another one. Okay. So yeah. did we talk about this, Andrea, um, about Keanu Reeves in, or was I talking about this with someone else? I'm not sure. About Keanu Reeves and how it sounds blasphemous, but he's he's slowing down. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. We did talk about this. Yep. You okay. call me brave, John, and I will remember that forever. Yep. What, what's that? You called, you said it was, I don't know how you phrased it. I, I said oh, like. You, so you're the one that brought it up? I, yeah, I rewatched it. some okay. of the fight scenes from, I think, John Wick 3. Yep. And I was like, he's moving slow. Like, he's clearly not, like, there's these two very well-trained martial artists that are kicking and punching and flipping and doing all this shit all around Keanu Reeves. And he's like, you know. 16 year old a clearly 60 year old man trying to keep up and like even the camera isn't really able to hide right because they don't try with i mean that's sort of the the deal with john wick they're right. like trying to not hide what's happening with that right right so whereas fine. you could make liam neeson you watch liam neeson in any taken movie or whatever holy shit you know quick cut. well yeah. it's because you don't yeah you don't see what's happening can yep. make right. anyone look awesome that way. It's a lot of quick frame so. shots, yeah. Yep, great sound effects, punching sounds, and uh, a lot yeah. of add-ins there. But yep, which I'm not well, going to say I mean, like I'm not a fan of like the first Taken movie. Like, oh no, I, I, I mean, it. look, I, all of Hollywood does it. That's what part of what makes John Wick a little different from mm-hmm. a lot of rest of Hollywood. You know, it's like we're gonna have our lead person doing all the stuff, doing his everything he can. We're gonna have, we're gonna be more accurate on our like clearing rooms and firearm handling and like mm-hmm. tactics and we're going to have real martial artists and stuntmen doing everything and we're going right. to get to see it we're not doing the cheap tricks you know and we're going to have fun with it and so i think that's great you know but- that was i feel like the first movie i can remember that attempted to do a more accurate portrayal of like gun play or hand-to-hand combat type things was the movie uh collateral with tom cruise oh, did you see yeah. that movie sure yep yeah i haven't thought about that in a while a lot of like gun aficionados use that movie as a reference point for accuracy and how gun handling actually would actually occur in like those type of settings in like an urban setting or like a close quarters mm-hmm. type setting yep and that was well before I think the first John Wick. It was, yeah. Well, years. man, I believe is the director yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, great, I great movie. I mean, it was great to see Tom Cruise in a kind of a different role. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was that was good for sure. Yeah, no, um, I agree. But then, yeah, in like John Wick, they still make uh, like suppressors sound like like little pea shooters. <laughs> John Wick and the guy are like shooting at each other in a crowded like subway area, and they're like kind of hiding their guns or whatever. It's like. Pew, pew. And like you barely, uh, barely audible plinking sounds at each other, shooting and like everybody's around, no one notices because it's so quiet. So it's like they go for this realism and then they completely destroy it in other ways because Hollywood, you know. Mm -hmm. So someone talked about that with swords. Whoever started making the sound effects for draw unsheathing your sword, mm -hmm. where it has this metal metallic, oh yeah, kind of thing. Swords don't do that, you know, like sure. Maybe some decorative ones that are kept in like steel scabbards or something like that. It's leather or wood. Yeah. Draw any sword and you don't have that sound. But right. it, now move the movie industry is stuck because anytime so, you, yeah. if you don't do that, it does. You don't recognize audibly. You're not told storytelling right. wise audibly that someone has unsheathed their sword. Right. Yeah, it's it's such like a it's like a um recognition thing now. Like it's imprinted in our mind. Like it's like it's almost like Pavlovian. Like that's what we expect to hear when we see that. You know what I mean? Like it's imprinted yeah. in our brains that that's like the accompanying sound. Yep. I in in kind of in that same vein, um we were yeah, I guess watching these Marvel movies like how many mm. times a person gets thrown through a plate glass anything and stands up like and they're fine no cuts no blood like it is skewed everybody's like belief that you can get thrown through glass and survive like most that, of the time so that was one of my issues with black widow it wasn't glass but it was like like natasha's body in that movie it was just like a ping pong ball like yeah. She just like hit so many metal structures in different scenes. Like when she like fell down a building or like was being thrown around like the station and she was just like hitting like metal guardrails. And even though they had like made a joke about like, oh, I bet like Thor doesn't have to take ibuprofen after a battle. Mm -hmm. It was still like she would get up and be like, cool, I'm going to like run down the plankway now or I'm going to go drive a motorcycle. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, you can't sit. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we can't be the only people that are getting tired of the endless amp up, you know? Because I, I feel like, okay, Fast and Furious, they're totally embracing that idea. They're like, we're just going. It's just, it's just like over just the top. Insane. And it's, and it's yeah, yeah right. Insane. Like, we're making yeah. fun of ourselves. And right. it's like, fine right. now. We've jumped but, the like, shark. Everything else, everything else, like, our, I mean, I punched through a board like a week and a half ago and my knuckles still a little swollen. Like yeah. it's just like it's it's very like, deceptive about like what the human body way. is capable of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you my know? dog sat down a little too hard on my foot and I my I couldn't walk well for two weeks. <laughs> Don't you love ridiculous injuries like that? We're yeah, like, like, come what? on. Like the body is amazing and also like stupidly yeah. fragile. Yeah. Yep. I just think that like we, there was a time when we, I complain about things like, okay, well, a person could survive that. All right. They could. 
um, on like the best case scenario, you know, right. they get shot up right. that many times and people do get shot that many times and they can live, you know, but, um, we're to a point now where we're just treating everyone like a Gumby, you know, right. everyone is just indestructible if you want them to be. Right. And it's, it, it's a little much. I yeah. wish we could go back and we have people, you know, we have 95 pound women taking out a bl platoon of like 200 pound guys, you know, meanwhile, be like you say, being thrown through walls and everything. And it's like, we're fine. You're, we got to buy into this world. Can we make that a little bit easier to do? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I think we, I think one of, I think the first time I was on this podcast, I talked about how, um, how every time in a movie someone gets knocked out, I'm like, they're dead. Like that guy's <laughs> not alive anymore. Like Batman doesn't kill anybody. Yeah, right. The dudes he knocks out cold are right. like 95% of them are not coming back. Like that's right. it. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Or it's like, is it really like more humane if he's like knocking them out and they wake up with like traumatic brain injuries, like <laughs> eating through a tube for the rest <laughs> of their life? Right. Like, are we really drawing like the moral compass line of like, like you said, eating through a tube the rest of your life and like you're dead? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but he's not killing anybody. So right. right? He's a good guy. Right. That's what we always like talk about with Daredevil from Netflix is just like he yeah. just beats everyone till they're a vegetable and then sits <laughs> on his high horse that he doesn't kill anyone. No guns. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but that's what makes superhero stuff difficult, you know? Yes. But um, yeah. Uh, well, anyways, Nicolas Cage, he's, uh, yeah, he's got. Um, He's got some good movies these days. Mandy is amazing. Uh, Thick King is mentioning Pig. I really want to see Pig. Um, I'm very excited to see that. What's that? When does that come up? When does Pig come up? It's, it is out. It is currently in theaters. Oh. So, yeah. Not in my theaters, um, I guess. I, I, did, I, I do have to I say. It, might be. Oh, it might. Yeah, I don't know. It, did, it didn't really get like publicized out it got right. i mean i saw the trailer and stuff like that but it wasn't like it's out now um i have to say i was i was watching the trailer for this and i was really nervous for like half a second when they were dressing nicholas cage i was really nervous that this was going to be another ghost rider <laughs> yeah, I, just like I the, the, the all leather ghost, outfit yes, I, I was did. like yeah. wait a minute mm -hmm. stop don't no and then it wasn't and i was like okay right i can move i can move forward with this mm -hmm. yep Yep, totally. That comes out September 17th. Prisoners yep. of Ghostland. So looks like a ride. All right. Um, we will now talk about Suicide Squad. We have a little mm -hmm. bit before we get spoilery just to just to say that um, it seems to be the recurring theme here potentially is, you know, box office numbers how are they gonna do oh, yeah. our how are box office numbers doing how are theaters doing um the suicide squad is did not do as well as expected by a long shot at the theaters um opening week so there's lots of like theories and stuff we this unlike disney is not doing like a also pay extra for premiere access kind of thing it is just straight up available on hbo max so um yeah i mean 
what do you guys what do you guys think i'm i'm sad i guess you know i'm just hoping this movie has legs i'm hoping that it has uh it's actually doing very well streaming mm -hmm. and that's what's taken away from the box office so. here's here's what i'm taking away from it you are not going to be able to watch dune day one streaming in your uh, basement or big screen you're going to have to go to the movie theater wow to see that. bold I claim think, i think they are going to stop doing day one streaming releases i don't i think it'll be quicker like i think there won't be as much of a i don't know maybe a month or six weeks or something like that before they sure. bring it to streaming but um I can't imagine that they would release another huge blockbuster. And knowing that Dune is on the docket in a couple of months, like. I well, see, I agree with you somewhat um, in, only in the sense of like HBO Max has already paid out for those rights. So I feel like there'd have to be some like renegotiation or like rethinking on everybody's part. Um, just because like th they've already paid for it. So I don't know like how like hard and fast they would do that. But I agree with you that I don't think this is a sustainable model mm -hmm. for movies. You know what I mean? Like I, I know HBO Max has already like set out the rest of the year as like these are, you know, releases that we're going to have day one also. And I don't know how little or you know much room there is for negotiation on that mm -hmm. but yeah this this doesn't seem to be lending itself to this is a good idea for studios and for movies like this i know a lot of so much key people involved in you know making movies are have the opinion that like yeah it's not sustainable that like if yeah. you want big huge six figure millions of dollars budget movies like they can't go straight to streaming they mm -hmm. have to have a theater exclusive release because right. that's how they make their money back like right and to make these movies and i i honestly don't think disney's model is all that great either i think there's a lot of griping about like paying that extra 30 bucks do you know what i mean like yeah i just i don't think it's I don't think it's that great. Like, I don't think that there's enough money to be made there. Either. Well, it's why it's why I went to the theater to go see Black Widow, Same. but stayed home to watch The Suicide Squad. Same. Because I could. Yep. Yeah. I mean, now, I might stay, like, so I was going to say, like, even if I could day one, I know this is about The Suicide Squad, not Dune, but <laughs> second time I'm bringing it up. But I know, so if, even if that movie is available for me to stream on day one, I still might go to the theater just because it's mm -hmm. a new property, I guess. It's huge cinematic thing, and I kind of want to see it on as big a screen as possible. Whereas for like the Suicide Squad, for Black Widow, for those movies, I kind of felt like I, I was more interested in the less of, less of the cinematics and more just like... I want the story you know, when I mm -hmm. watch the Marvel continuity again. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a part of me that wishes I would have seen the Suicide Squad on the big screen. Now, now having seen it and seen what like like the cinematography and like how it's shot and like seen some of the action sequences and thought like bet this would like 
pack a different punch on the big screen and it might be a lot of fun in a, in a way. Um, but I wasn't willing to like take the chance just because I'd seen Suicide Squad and been so disappointed with that. I was like, I don't really want to go spend my money for another disappointment. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm still on this train that like, is this not a sustainable model or is it just because we're expecting bigger theater numbers than we're getting and how can we when it's available in another source tons of people there are tons of people that don't care at about the theater experience at all mm -hmm. there are kids that are gonna sit and watch this movie well hopefully they're not watching the suicide squad kids but whatever <laughs> you know like they're gonna watch movies on their cell phone. their 5.7 yeah. inch cell phone that's how they're gonna consume this stuff and that sounds insane to me, but that's what happens, yep. you know, or their iPad set up and like, I'm watching this movie, this like three hour film that they put all this work into, you know, the sound and the visuals and everything that going into it. And I'm like half seeing it, you know, over here on my iPad. And like, so you give people that option on day of release, of course, a lot of people are going to take it. So what do you expect? You're not going to get the same you know, Black Widow opens, you're not going to get the same as Captain America or whatever mm -hmm. um, when that one was only available in theaters and mm -hmm. this one has multiple sources. Plus, there's a piracy issue on top of it as well. A lot of people are right. complaining that if you put this out usually right away, it increases the capability for people to pirate things and share it all over in a good quality format. Mm -hmm. So you're also losing to that. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I mean, still, maybe we need to readjust our expectations when you're putting these in different places. I, I agree with you. I don't think we're ever going to see unless we like fully shift to like we're back in the theaters, like no matter what exclusive releases, we're never going to have that framework again where we can expect those kinds of numbers. But I also think that you are shooting yourself in the foot a little bit if you try to have this like both and like, you know, this like theater, but also on streaming. Like you're you're not helping your case any for making money. I mean, I get how they like Like, like you have... said, piracy. Like that's that's yeah. like a, a huge way you're shooting yourself in the foot in, unless you can get around that in some fashion. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you do exactly there because obviously Netflix and all the streaming services have to deal with that too when that right. is your only place to put things. Yeah. You know, and that's, a, I don't know. I mean, is I, it just Mar the hubris of Marvel and some of these, like we, well, we're Marvel. Like we make giant billion dollar films, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we want to see. Or... You know, I don't know. Because there's high budget films on Amazon and yeah. Netflix and stuff or too. High budget series. You know, yeah. Same I had difference read it, then, you know? I, I had just read an article that was talking about um, the, the comparison. Alan posted a little comment here about um, mm. 2.8 million households streamed the Suicide Squad in the first four days of release, and that's the second largest total day-to-date -to -day titles releases just behind Mortal Kombat and oh, the, the article I had read talked about how Mortal Kombat 
still made money, its money back in theaters. Like mm. it wasn't what they would consider a box office bomb. Sure. But also Mortal Kombat's budget was like a quarter of the Suicide Squads. Mm -hmm. So they had a lot longer way to go to recoup their investment. Mm -hmm. and, I, and it would make sense to me that at a certain point, there's diminishing returns if you're going to be doing this day of streaming movies, you know, so. Um, you know, well, I yeah. know I read a couple of articles that were talking about how the Suicide Squad was financially failing behind Suicide Squad. Um, which I think is like, it's it's sort of an okay comparison, but a little like apples and oranges. Because again, like Suicide Squad didn't get an option to be released same day streaming. So there was none of like that even possibility of taking away. So it, and it still I don't know. brought in like three quarters but, of a billion dollars. Right, right. Yeah, I just. Uh, I don't understand why. I was telling <laughs> Andrea earlier, I just watched suicide squad for the first time yesterday i hated it it was terrible <laughs> like the only good thing in that movie was margot robbie at this movie. really okay and i think that i think i yeah seven 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 hundred fifty million dollars at the box office that's what the original was suicide, suicide. yeah okay and i think that it most likely did as well as it did because of Will Smith and his international appeal. Yeah. I think it was solely on the back of Will Smith because that think it, also, it was a bad movie. I didn't like it at all. I, yeah, I would, I would say probably a majority of Will Smith. Yes. Like box office draw. Um, probably also like the advertising was really fun. I remember for Suicide Squad, like the advertising was great yep. and the movie was not, but that doesn't, yeah. but that doesn't mean anything because you always have to like take that gamble, you know, when it's a theatrical release, it's like, oh, this looks so cool. Like, great. I'm going to go see it. And then you roll the dice and sometimes you lose. And, and that lost, might, yeah, lost Suicide Squad, but like yeah. advertising was great. The hype, I'm, I'm sure. And, and a new property and, and. Hero it's movies like, are at like their right. It's like dark, point. fun Avengers, like R-rated Avengers. Even though it wasn't R-rated, which yeah, was it ended up not being R-rated. <laughs> but like, but it was supposed to be, and it looked all yeah. like, oh, it should be so fun, and it just a lot of hyped up promises that didn't end up yeah. coming true. And then, but, but too late, you already took my money. Yeah, I've already yeah, you got your money, so <laughs> you know, go home. But I think that might be another reason why. To some degree, maybe the Suicide Squad did, isn't doing as well. Mm -hmm. Audiences have been burned once on this concept. Yep. And if you even saw the semi-sequel to the original Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, also slightly slightly better. I'll, I'll say that I was more entertained with that movie. But I also, there was a lot of like, just what's the point this? And when I was watching it and at the halfway mark had to check how much time was left because I kind of just wanted to stop watching it. Like you almost, if you, if you're a fan or you were expecting more from either of those movies in that continuity, 
like it was disappointing and so like now i'm expected to go back and watch a third movie mm-hmm. in that same maybe in that same continuity or in that same realm like nah i don't think so well i'm going to i'm going to set aside birds of prey for just a moment and just mm-hmm. like build on on that concept because i agree especially when the the trailers and ads for this suicide squad the suicide squad built up this notion of like the people who were coming back from the first one. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I feel like Alan should throw up spoilers for this because I'm going to, I'm going to say something okay. that, All that right, is so spoilery. Spoilers, Thank spoilers you, <laughs> here for the suicide, for suicide squad. And for the suicide, the suicide squad and potentially birds of prey. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're not all caught up on a DC yeah, Moondog. in the whole yeah, in the whole DC universe, uh, look out. So okay, you know what? So- I'll t- uh, let me let me throw in another disclaimer there, listener. If you haven't seen the original Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey, let us spoil it for you. It's <laughs> watching; it's not worth it. So I will halfway disagree with you, but not about Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, so, okay, so, but the Suicide Squad, so they built it up like it was like all these returning people, which, I mean, kind of, yeah, like Waller is back and and Harley Quinn is back and Rick Flagg's back. But then it was like Captain Boomerang was coming back. No, he wasn't. He was in like three minutes of this movie and he was like in a whole bunch of the trailers and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, what? So like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Like, why would you even like hint at this being like you know carryover and continuity from the first movie when you know it bombed so terribly like why not focus on more of like the newer members and i just did not get that advertising angle well like do you get what i'm saying like i just i was really frustrated with that because i feel like it's again like shooting yourself in the foot because this yeah sure like there were you know a couple people but like i said like captain boomerang was just like gone he was done like that would be the thing that would like um cut the movie off at the legs if it was gonna have any kind you know if you were going in with the promotion expecting this and then you didn't get it Mm -hmm. then that upsets you so you don't go see it again or recommend others to see it or that kind of thing because it wouldn't affect, affect the initial Mm-hmm. week or whatever because you wouldn't know if that's going to be the case you'd be going in yeah assuming and you know unless you think that them re-promoting characters from the other one no one cared about those characters therefore they didn't go you know i gotta if you were already disappointed in that like then why would you go for this one which doesn't promise you anything new seemingly from the trailer yeah do you know what i mean like like if you were already disappointed, like that's that's a reason that you would be like, no, I'm gonna stay away. Like, why would I just rewatch what I just watched and it was terrible? Like, wh- the- I, I need I need something new. Who the hell watched The Suicide Squad for Captain Boomerang? But but no, like <laughs> like, like that's what that's what she's I'm, saying. Kind of, it's like what, that's like what I'm saying. Like, why would one, you? And I didn't like Captain Boomerang. So oh, okay. Why would, why would you want to come to this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right, right. No, that's what I'm trying to say is like, why if you were already disappointed by all Jimmy of these Courtney, come on. And the and the, and the yes, trailer promised you, the yeah. trailer promised you more of those characters you were already disappointed by. 
then I would sit there and be like, no, I'm not rewatching another two hours of the crap I just watched. Yeah. So yeah. I think, again, I think that whoever put the, those trailers together mm. did a terrible job of being like, oh, it's like the faces you already know from Suicide Squad. No, I don't want to yeah. know those same faces. They wanted to get all 10 fans back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, gotta, gotta okay. do okay. some fan base, some fan I service put, here. <laughs> I had to put a little in here and say that for what it's worth, I enjoyed Suicide Squad more than I thought I would initially. So okay. I saw Suicide Squad, not right when it came out, but somewhere around that time. And like, I found redemptive elements about it. And like for that film doing better for what it, you know, than what we've got right now and better than Birds of Prey and stuff. A lot of that makes sense because where that came from in that time, DC was not in the same mess that it is now. Mm -hmm. DC is so confusing right now. And it's such a mix of like continuities. And, you know, they're just playing with the multiverse, you know, they just like whatever they want, whatever, whatever story they want to tell. Which so I think is no, the best thing they could do right now. I mean, with the mess they've made for themselves, maybe, you know, because they're never going to figure it out. But it's not creating the urgency to see things like you would in the Marvel when you know it's connected. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have back when Suicide Squad first came out, you've got a couple of things going for it. One, DC Universe, not in such a mess. You don't know that it's going to be like all these different things, all these different projects in different universes and different times and stuff. Right. Two, you have the Joker, which it, every time the Joker draws, because there's always a big stink made about who's playing the Joker and what their take is going to be on the Joker. Mm -hmm. Now, with part of the disappointment of the film was for people was either they didn't like the take of the Joker or that he wasn't in there as much, you know, either right. way. Especially um, for so what the trailer even, said he was going to be. Yeah. Nonetheless, a draw. And then, you know, you're riding on the back of, um, like you said, also having having some star power in there and Will Smith. So you've got, like, it's a whole different setup for when that movie's coming out. Plus, it had a, a cool soundtrack. Like, Ashley and I still listen to a lot of songs of that soundtrack. I, they, I do like that They soundtrack. did music videos with the Joker and stuff and, like... Um, I forgot his name right now, but like a EDM guy. Mm. And it was just like a whole thing. Um, and then, right, Birds of Prey comes out. So we get to, oh, and it's the first one we get to see Harley Quinn in. Because Harley Quinn has never come to the screen before. So how right. is Harley Quinn going to be? There's an interest there as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot going for that that has waned now in this crazy situation we're in with, with DC. We know how Margot Robbie is with with Harley Quinn. We don't have the draw of of Will Smith. We don't have the Joker. We you know, we have in this new movie a whole bunch of weird characters no one knows anything about. I think fans overestimated the draw of Guardians of the Galaxy director, you mm -hmm. know? I think that fans, a lot of people really involved or whatever, are like, hey, I want to see this movie because I want to see what Gunn does with it. Mm -hmm. That was the point. Mm -hmm. But that's very few people. Like, mainstream audiences have no idea who James right. Gunn is. Right. None. So right. that's not a draw. Instead, they see this wacky movie that uh, they make no connection with any of the characters other than Harley Quinn, which they've seen in two pretty sucky movies. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. No, I think it's, I think it's very valid points. I, I, yeah. If, if we, I think we can still credit, I personally think we can still credit much of the failure of the box office to the streaming debacle. Because there really aren't any other competing movies out there. Maybe Black Widow, but that came out, what, a month ago now? So, mm-hmm. you know, like, it sh- I think in, in normal context, it, it should have done better if it was, you know, just in theaters. How much better? I don't know. But I think it would have done somewhere between Alan listed the Birds of Prey box office, which was $200 million. I think it would have done somewhere between that and and the original Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big window. But yeah, that's, yeah. Make your money like back. Five hundred million. <laughs> yeah, but with a budget of one hundred and eighty or one hundred and ninety, whatever it was, like that's make your money back. So, I think I think it's eventually going to make its money back, um, mm-hmm. even if it didn't like this this first opening weekend. But that's yeah, that's not exactly like a yardstick of great success. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can, see, I can see people liking it enough, watching it at home, streaming it, that they mm-hmm. now go to the theater to watch it. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I would consider it just for like some of the, what I know now of like the sequences in the film would be like the ending, like the giant, you know, Starro mm-hmm. rampage would just be like fun to see on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other thing I think still is that people are like I think Grace from Beyond the Trailers made pointed out or whatever, but or someone has that when you're dealing with streaming, the product is the streaming service. Yep. When you're dealing with the box office, the product is the movie. Yep. So when you're releasing a movie right. and you're putting it on the streaming service, you're it's not about making the money back on that film. It's about mm-hmm. bringing people to your service. It's about enhancing the service you know mm-hmm. so your money is the people coming into that it's not the individual into a individual film and it just like that's the way it to be and you're not gonna make as much money in mm-hmm. one pop out of one thing because right. you can't look at it that way you have to look at the sustainability of your service keeping right. it, that's what they're doing well with the spacing of the marvel shows on disney is yep. like they're always you kind of always have a show and yep. hopefully that's good enough to keep you there. And when there's no Marvel show, then there's a star Wars show. Like it's like, that's what it is, you know? So if I think, I don't think Disney can have their cake and eat it too. And I think it'll be the same. Well, over on HBO max, you can't expect to put these things in the theater, your product, but to give people no sense of urgency to see it. And then be worried about like keeping your service growing and sustaining a base there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, I wonder if anybody's done any analysis on the, um, you know, the, the, the profitability of, you know, sustaining, I guess, subscriptions through a streaming service versus generating income through theatrical releases of movies. Mm-hmm. I don't right. know if you I'm, could do that, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure somebody has tried. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, and, and to address, to address your urgency question or your urgency issue. I mean, there is a sense 
ish of urgency because um like you do have to like watch some of these movies on streaming services before they're dropped see you know what i, I mean? know that like they're now, they're how many people <laughs> know that up front i was gonna i went to watch mortal kombat <clears throat> you know a couple weeks right? ago i was like oh it's not on here i swear this came out on hbo max same day Oh, yep. I look it up and it was gone after what amount of time. So I know that they, now, but yeah, they did a really good job of saying that when they released uh, Wonder Woman 1984, they they kept saying mm. like, watch it before, you know, X date or whatever. And it's like streaming on HBO Max for like one month or, you know, I think however long it was. But since then, they haven't been good about saying like, you only have X amount of time to watch. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe that would help some of the like, like people who are on the fence are like, ah, yeah, maybe we should just like sign up for HBO Max for the month or whatever. And then they just sort of like get caught and too lazy to cancel trap. And maybe the time of the like massive, huge, multi-million dollar blockbuster movie is just kind of done. Everybody is on to their television show that is high enough budget and they enjoy it the heck out mm -hmm. of it. And, you know, it's kind of like the PlayStation president before he was kicked out or whatever. He said, we need to stop making these games that keep getting more and more expensive, that keep getting longer and longer. It's not sustainable. Yeah. We need to make games, if we're going to have this level of quality, games that are like 15 hours, you know, right. in length, 20 hours. So it can't be 80-hour length games that take five years to make and then think we're going to make our money back at 60 to $70 a piece. It's not yeah. going to work, you know, because so I think maybe movies become that, too. And we, you know, can see, you know, that a, a Netflix show can be a fraction of the budget and still bring people into the service. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I was, was going to sure... say, like, can it, though? Because, like, I just feel like now, like, streaming service television shows budgets are just, like, getting wildly out of hand as well. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, yeah, maybe that's going to be. I find it. I don't know. I I don't want to lose the theater experience, you know, because I no, feel like I don't either. you can do a lot with a movie that has a budget, a six figure budget or, or sorry, a six or like a nine figure budget or whatever, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that you can't do with a TV show that you have a maximum like 10 million an episode budget, you know, and uh, and I think it would be a huge loss. And I. Like I like the Marvel shows, I think they're great, mm -hmm. but there definitely is a a tone difference, a feeling difference, just the sensory difference in the yeah. experience of watching one of the movies versus watching one of the TV shows. I agree, hmm. um, and I I hadn't realized how much I'd missed the theater experience until I went to go see Black Widow in the mm -hmm. theater. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. I do miss this. I do mm -hmm. like miss like the anticipation, the feeling, the I can't fast forward through this. I can't, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a weird, like you're stuck. Like you have to watch things as they unfold. You can't just like pause anything or like quick, you know, like, oh, I don't really want to watch this part or like, mm -hmm. oh, I want to see what happens. Like, nope, you're stuck. You just have to watch it as it unfolds. Mm -hmm. So I miss I, that. I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely kind of two ways about it. I, I absolutely like the theater experience. I definitely agree that's 
a valuable thing. Um, but I don't know that to me, it's the budget that's doing it. Cause I can go see a low budget. You know, like I think, I think Loki looks just as good as any of the main Marvel movies. Um, I think it has a better cinematography than plenty of them mm. um, that can all look pretty flat. You don't um, in, in the sh in the Loki show though in any of the shows there really wasn't as big a set pieces that you get in the films mm. like maybe you were getting kind of closer to more theatrical set pieces in Falcon and the Winter Soldier but I don't really think so I feel like there was a, just like in the in in the in the Netflix Marvel shows from several years ago like they were a lot more uh, they stood on the strength of the narrative, of the dialogue between mm -hmm. characters, you know. And yeah, there were some fun action bits like Daredevil kicking the crap out of a dozen dudes in a hall hallway, right? Like that was really cool to mm -hmm. see. But that doesn't, that's not the same thing as, you know, three giant helicarriers being shot out of the sky over Washington, D.C. and Winter Soldier and Captain America and so I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I I understand what you're saying uh, for sure. But like, look at look at Game of Thrones. Like, I think sometimes the stuff what that that thing is is can be the thing that hinders it because, like you say, with the Netflix things, they had to focus on character, story, like dialogue, like that's and like that's where the emotion comes from. You know, that's where mm -hmm. the like important stuff happens. And in Game of Thrones, I know they had to save like budget for like towards the end, like the penultimate episode each season to have the bigger battle or the dragons or this special effects. Well, what if they had carte blanche on budget for the rest of this show and they could do all that crazy stuff in every episode? Would we get the amazing dialogue between, between Tyrion and Tywin? Would we get those moments or would they fill it with shit? You know, yeah. where they just fill it with battle after battle and dragon after dragon, or they have to craft their art with a limitation now mm -hmm. that creates a build to something that is meaningful. Like, I mean, independent filmmakers can make some pretty amazing effects these days. Mm -hmm. You know, I know not everybody can be a Nolan and shut down New York, you know, to film in the streets, you know, mm -hmm. like that's cool um, for sure. But I don't know. I don't want to ruin I, Loki, but I feel like there's a for sure one scene that's pretty grand, you know, yeah, on the yeah. one space there and like, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, they did have some pretty, yeah, I guess they had some big, big pieces there, but, um, and I, and I guess I did, I, I noticed the difference less, uh, between Loki, the show and, and the Marvel movie canon as opposed to the previous two, series but to john to your comment about like game of thrones and uh being a fan of that series before it was even a show um i do remember thinking that a show was the most appropriate way to approach game of thrones because the story was so like character driven and that mm -hmm. by doing a 90 two hour or even three hour movie of the entirety of the game of thrones story would not have been close to doing its service knowing that 
half of that time would have been spent on just like who are all these people yeah well well, that and also like massive battles or dragons or just like the showy bits that you're trying to get people draw people into the theater with mm-hmm. if it was like planned to be a series of movie movies maybe but mm-hmm. I, when i when i heard it was going to be made into a tv series i was like that's the best way to do it Mm-hmm. And I did, and and but on the flip side of that, I watching that show, I did feel at times there was like, well, yeah, they kind of like rushed through that bit because eh, how could you really bring that to screen? You know, like mm. how can you shoot that thing? I I don't know. I'll think of an example, but um, you know, so it makes sense that they weren't able to do that, or there's like you know, location or you know. Money limitations, you know, in terms of being able to do some of the things that actually occur in the book. So you come up with some other alternative, which isn't as gripping. Mm-hmm. But yep. Okay. Well, I'm sure that uh, the topic of the movie theater <laughs> situation versus yeah. streaming service and like everything is gonna it's gonna keep coming up. We're gonna find out if Dune. If they stick to their plan or they change it or what happens here. So we'll stay on it. I apologize to the audience if you are tired of this show talking about this. But I mean, it's it's the news thing in movies every week. So as every big show comes out, you know, it's we started. We started with the Suicide Squad and then evolved <laughs> into. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, OK, I, I have Go to ahead. derail us like super quickly. It just in like talking about like shows and movies having budgets of like crazy amounts like when I, when you guys were talking about like budget i was thinking like certain tv shows absolutely have like way more i think of a budget even than like a, a movie does like i just and the first thing i thought of was amazon prime's lord of the rings because mm. that budget i was just like i remember reading a figure and it was insane and it is it is four hundred and sixty five million dollars that's their budget to make one season of a tv show like how many episodes are they doing uh that is a good question is it like 10 one-hour episodes or something let's see it's usually the typical yeah i can't imagine they're doing like a 22 episode season yeah (laughs) a lot of filler episodes (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we've already we've already determined like we can't do a whole lot of filler with Lord of the Rings. Cough, yeah, right. Cough, cough, Hobbit, cough, cough. Yeah. Eight episodes, yeah. and you said in the four, Eight, four and a half. Four hundred sixty-five million. Four hundred sixty-five million. So I think about it that way then. And each episode, let's just assume each episode is sixty minutes or close to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so you got about four feature length or you know, modern day feature length films, right? You know, two hours of film. If, and you know, each Lord of the Rings was what two to two and a half hours about three pushing, Were we pushing three hours. Most of them, mm-hmm. all three of them. All right. So I don't know, maybe a little less than three Lord of the Rings movies. You're shooting in the form of these TV shows. Alan said the extendeds were, yeah, closer to three, but maybe the, the original theatrical releases were closer to two and a half. I don't know, whatever. Probably, yeah. So three to four feature length movies you're shooting in the season, and then you divide a $450 million budget amongst those four movies. Now you're sitting at maybe just over 100, 
million per two episodes. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Per so, movie. Yep. Yeah. That's insane like, though. Yeah. That's but that's definitely big budget movie cost. Yeah. You know? That's like I mean it's nothing to see. It's not like two hundred million budget. Right. Yeah, so supposedly Black Middle's 200, uh, 200 million. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is supposedly two hundred million. So yeah, I mean. Know. Well, yeah, and then considering that when HBO, I pulling this out of thin air, I think I read it somewhere. But like when HBO did Game of Thrones, it was I remember them saying ten million an episode was about kind of what the cost was, and maybe in the later seasons with the big set piece episodes they were more but generally speaking it was about 10 million per episode well but when you think about it by comparison yeah exactly that's what like if you think about like their eight to ten episode seasons that's like one fraction of what amazon is spending now on lord of the rings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lord of the rings better for it is what i (laughs) (laughs) confess not unless uh ian mckellen's in it yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. I'm, I I'm I don't not, think. They... Yeah, I'm not, not like not gonna watch it. I should. Be <laughs> I'm excited, but it's not gonna be good. It's gonna be That's train wreck right. watching. Like kind of like you can't look away. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah. You're John. <laughs> you really not. aren't. You really don't think it's gonna be good. No, I don't. I think that they. I think that they should have stopped at Lord of the Rings. They have hit it. There is good. Hmm. I mean, I would love to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, mean, I just like going off of The Hobbit oh, and no. seeing what they want to do with the, the Hobbit. Hobbit. Let's take this smallest book and just stretch it, stretch I, it into three long movies. Oh my god! I'm gonna be Hobbit the movie apologist. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be the uh, the the black sheep here. I guess I I enjoyed the Hobbit movies. I thought they were I, good. There were. I need to see the third moments. one. I didn't watch the third one. I didn't watch the I, if you didn't like the first two, I don't think the third one's going to be the same. No, it's not going to put it all together you know. for you, John. I, I I liked all three of them. I thought they were all good movies on their own, and they were all interesting, and they kept me watching. And I feel like what I've read about those movies and the complaints surrounding them were things that weren't bothering. Like, yeah, they weren't. They were using a lot more CG in the Hobbit movies than they did in the original or in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And yeah, I kind of like, you know, real effects as opposed to, you know, generated effects. But like, I don't know. You see all sorts of stuff that's unbelievable now, like watching Iron Man in Endgame, like seeing Robert Downey Jr.'s real head clearly floating on a fake robot body. Like, yeah, that's clearly computer generated. Like, it doesn't look real at all. But, you know, whatever, like, it's still a fun movie and I'm able to suspend my disbelief enough to enjoy it. And I kind of felt that way of the Hobbit movies. But then again, also, I don't crucify me for this. Never read The Hobbit. Oh, okay. So I didn't have some sort of like expectation going into it that it was going to be a certain way. Well, I for me, I think the problem here is that. When you read The Hobbit, it works as a story. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very satisfying story in and of itself. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, you have to be, like, so faithful to the source material and how dare you change, like, X, Y, and Z. It's just, like, this is a good story. Why did you need to, like, 
insert all this extra stuff. That's that's more of like what my disappointment was. Like, was there enough a, material in the book though to do like even a single movie? Yeah, absolutely. There absolutely is because like the the first Hobbit movie is almost basically like. I don't know. I feel like it's like 65% of the Hobbit. And then they just like two and three, just like stretched it out. And like, like the ending of the first movie, it's like, Oh shoot. Like we forgot we weren't making one movie. So let's just quick, like throw in like another complication here. So we have to, you know, set up two and three. Mm. So like there's, there's a really great one movie story in the Hobbit Mm -hmm. And they just like, just, it was like painful. It was painful dragging out. Mm. And that's, I think having read the Hobbit was most disappointing mm. because it is good I, on its own. I have thoughts, but I will save them because we haven't done a Lord of the Rings episode we, yeah, or, Hobbit or anything like that. So that's we definitely true. should get into Tolkien at some point. So, Okay. Alan, if you want to bring up the slides, we're going to talk the Suicide Squad. Here we go. Finally. Like, finally. We've been talking about talking about it, and we're going <laughs> to finally talk about it. <laughs> so um, it's in theaters now. It's on HBO Max. It's the, I don't know, like you say, maybe sequel to or cap of a trilogy. If nothing else, is a sequel to the original Suicide Squad. Um, most of the characters that we're familiar with in the first one are not returning in any, any meaningful way other than Harley Quinn. And um, I saw it in theaters. Sounds like you two saw it at home. Mm -hmm. And um, Andrea, what do you think? Um, so overall, I enjoyed the movie. I, it's hard. It's hard. I'm going to try and like stay away for now um, from comparing it to Suicide Squad, like saying like, oh, I enjoyed it more than like I'm just trying to like look at it as its own thing. I did enjoy the movie. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely like appropriately rated for like what the Suicide Squad should be, which is like it's a bunch of, you know, villains and thank god harley quinn didn't sorry i'm already breaking my rule thank god harley quinn didn't say we're the bad guys like sixty thousand times in this movie um but they are the bad guys and it's you know they they need room to just be like bad people doing bad things and killing a bunch of people because that's who they are so i thought this movie was a lot of fun much more appropriate for our main cast of characters and we got a little bit less exposition and more just like dive into what's happening. So I really appreciated that. Um, I thought there were a few pacing issues, um, a couple of issues, I think, where um, I don't know if it was Gunn or a writer or a combo of both kind of struggled with some of the more like moments where maybe you should have been more serious or a little bit more emotional. And it was like, Oh, like I really want to fast forward through this so I can get back to like the fun parts. Um, so those were, uh, were I think a little awkward for me, but overall a really great job. And like the main cast, like really held this movie together. Well, Shane. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie. I, I, got exactly honestly what I expected 
of uh, the director and the, and the well, he's the writer and director, so of both of that one party in both contexts. And uh, I I thought now having seen the f original Suicide Squad again, not trying to compare the two, but mm -hmm. um, the the characterization of the returning characters was done way better. Mm -hmm. And like you had probably three times as many characters being introduced in like less than a tenth of the time. And I didn't feel like any of the characters needed more yeah. introduction. Like these are all wacky, zany characters. Yes, they're the bad guys. Yes, I expect many of them to die. And that is what happened. Like, mm -hmm. and it was well-timed. It was, I, I will agree that there was probably some uh, there was a little bit um, some poor pacing narratively mm -hmm. at certain points of the movie or just like interesting kind of jumps um, mm -hmm. from one scene to the next with just like, you know, a little tag like meanwhile this was going you know or something like that and it did kind of feel like to kind of uh, cut its cut its own legs out from under itself or the, of, of the where it was going or the pace that it was at or whatever but the next scene that you saw was like I'm okay with that because this next scene is either hilarious or awesome. Yep. And like, I was excited to see what was coming up next. So I didn't really care that we were jumping from one awesome, hilarious, or violently, <laughs> comically gory scene to another. You know, like it was fine because I knew that where we were going next was going to be just as great. So, um, yeah, that was my that was my takeaway. I. Yeah, I, I really, really liked it. I can't, I don't really have any complaints um, mm. other than I thought it's completely ridiculous that Harley Quinn takes her legs, wraps around a guy's neck and just like, just whoop, I'm just going to pull myself up here and twist his neck. Like, okay, that's not happening. Even did though you, it was a cool Did you scene. read my comment on like, that? Uh, in the notes. Oh, a Zenya, like a Zenya on a top moment. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was like the yes. first thing I thought of. I was like, oh my god, it's Famke Jansen, and she's having a little like. Oh my god, that was Famke Jansen, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. That's right. Wow. I, I, went, I went old school for that one, digging deep yeah. in the Bond archives. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Uh, yep. Really? Oh, man. She's classic. That movie. Okay. I want to derail. Well, I forgot her. <laughs> I just forgot that she played Xenia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, that was the first Zenia thing I thought of. I was like, oh, man. This is happening right now. Thighs are weapons again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I really, I don't, I don't have any, like, I, maybe I need to see it again, but just like trying now, I didn't think about it critically as I watched it. Like it happened nicely, mm. went by well, and I was entertained enough that I didn't like ha myself, didn't get taken out of it to think about it super critically. Sure. I just thought it was uh, a really fun roller coaster ride. I like what you said, Shane, where it took way less time to yeah. introduce us to way more characters. And we didn't need to know more than that. We didn't need to like detour the whole film to go to someone's apartment to see their troubled family life. We can learn about these characters 
as you do as a good storyteller, you learn about these characters as you go through the film. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn more about them. Um, I thought the movie was hilarious in a number of scenes. Um, seeing Polka Dot Man, he, he's on the screen now. See him seeing his mom everywhere. He never <laughs> got old. I thought that was great. Um, I thought the taking out the the camp of people mm-hmm. and then like so oh hey these were the gorilla fight the freedom fighters here that was great and like the little competition that they had with one another there and like john cena just being weird in his tidy whiteies and uh <laughs> the king shark being adorable you know at times and then and then we'd have poignant moments somehow like with the with king shark going and see making his like little friends mm-hmm. in the aquarium is like a sweet moment and like the music plays well there. And then of course later they're trying to kill him, you know, like it, I just really thought it was a good movie. It like it, um, I don't, it hit all the right places. Harley Quinn felt the most Harley Quinn in this of all mm-hmm. the things, the idea that she would sleep with the president. And then like, I don't really like this element about you. So then I'm going to shoot you. And mm-hmm. then does ex- says exactly what I'm thinking that, there's a bullet in that gun, like in the display case. Okay. You know, um, I thought, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Tell me why I'm wrong. I just didn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't like about it. Every care. And then like the rat catcher too. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was, uh, Taika Waititi, her as her dad at first. Mm-hmm. And then yes. Yeah. Later that it was. And that poignant moment again at the end, like, because, why rats, Dad? Because if rats can make a difference, then everyone can or anyone can, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like those pieces, you know, made me care about the characters. Um, I don't know. I just liked it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I, I, uh, since you since you mentioned the um, silently storming the freedom fighters camp and murdering everybody <laughs> scene. Um, I, I did think that, uh, and, and this is kind of a comment on the pacing of the movie too, uh, to some extent is my um, sort of the one thing that I, that I wasn't really certain about was the, so with regards to at least that scene and maybe several others, the, the attempt at, uh, you know, uh, kind of a long comedy bit, um, at the expense of narrative believability. And, and what that means is that like, I, at least me watching it, I felt that, um, when that scene was done and they kind of walk into the final hut and flag is sitting there yeah. with the leader and they're like, Oh, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, Oh, we just murdered everybody. And then the leader's like, Oh, okay. I guess you're my new friends. Like I was sort of like, well, these were like people and like, they just died. And I feel like she'd be more torn up about that and not want to partner with these people now, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, but it was a funny joke and I was, okay, I get it. It was humorous that they were competing against each other and whatever. And now they're remorseful to some extent, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I guess that's my question. What do you think about those elements in this movie where it was like, like clearly they were, they kind of like sacrificed a, I don't know, maybe some, some more, I guess, gravitas in terms of the narrative for, uh, you know, like a fart joke or like a joke, just to, you know, whatever. I, 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 so I guess I'll, what I'll say about it is that 
I think it typically doesn't work. And maybe they get a little bit of a pass for this type of movie just because it's so comically over the top mm-hmm. in the right way that it it sort of works. But I think like it's a it's a real dangerous spot to go narratively or to like take a movie into because I feel like it could really quickly just sort of become too hokey in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree with you and I I th- don't necessarily think it's even just like um comedy getting sacrificed for believability. I think this this movie in particular does a lot of build up and rug pulling mm-hmm. and I think that there's there's a moment towards the end where I just think it gets used one too many times and it just sort of gets like, yeah, but like, am I ever going to care about anything because you keep like pulling the rug out from under me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so there there is a danger, I think, in either, um, you know, like using using anything too many times or being too over the top too many times where you, it does sort of like pull you out. Um. And I definitely get what you're saying about that scene because I was very much into like that whole competition between uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker and being like, oh my God, they keep killing people in ever more ridiculous ways. And I yeah. and I am like, I'm with it. It's super funny. And mm-hmm. I was I was all in for it because like we're killing a camp of bad guys. Like this is great. It's super funny. They're just like, you know, eyeballing the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And And then it was like, oh shit we just killed like a bunch of our allies like (laughs) you know and and rick flag was like what are you doing and and you're right like the the leader of this guerrilla camp was just sort of like looking around at people whose guts were literally hanging out and all she could muster was like a head shake yeah you know it was just like oh like now i'm deflated a little bit because i just had this like really fun time and you just sort of like yanked the rug and said like oh you probably shouldn't think that was fun anymore right yeah i i mean i i certainly uh that certainly all makes sense um i think that for whatever reason it it works for me yeah given the type of film i that i think is pretty unique um Mm -hmm. that it's so i'm probably lacking the right words to to describe it but like like you said andrew with the rug pulling rug pulling you know like anytime someone often they get their moment then would mm-hmm. be like taken from them like it's like polka dot guy he's like fine mm-hmm. i'm a hero dead bam you know yeah um, mm-hmm. yep and it's i and it again goes to like the like the tongue-in-cheek this is supposed to be completely ridiculous kind of mm-hmm. romp where Harley Quinn pulls an antique gun out of a case and there's a round in it. And she admits like, why was there a bullet in this? I can't believe there was Mm -hmm. those kinds of things, like admitting the unbelievable nature of this, even like the, you know, it's always those like expectations or doing something a little different. Like um, the group is going to rescue Harley Quinn and she breaks herself out and she's right there. And they were setting up the whole plan or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's a lot of ludicrous and it you're right in a, in a different film, 
none of that would make mm -hmm. sense. So, none of this would make sense. Yeah, and I feel like this is a good point to interject a little bit of the original Suicide Squad thing just because I just watched it and this is one of the comparisons I made that like being that they're essentially the same contextually this same movie right like the same team of anti-heroes or whatever like the original one took itself way too seriously mm -hmm. and so yeah. it failed where this movie's like very much succeeds because it it knows what it is yeah yep i mean look at look at uh michael rooker at the beginning mm -hmm. he's set up as like he's this badass right he is he's got he's stoic he doesn't say the word any words hardly you know he's really good with that ball and he kills the bird so he's hardcore you know mm -hmm. and he's being brought in you know expert and then they get to the beach and he sees everybody and they're like, God, what amateurs, you know, he's manages to save the person, pull him out of the water. Everybody else is just going to leave, leave the weasel, you know, mm -hmm. God, a bunch of, bunch of fools. And then the shit hits the fan and he just turns the other way and starts screaming and running helplessly into the mm -hmm. water. Like mm -hmm. just whatever your expectations were of him, mm -hmm. they are gone. And it's, he's used as a joke. Like mm -hmm. they're used there. So many of them are used as a punchline at some point, and that's all they are. And you you can't take them more seriously than that. And if you do, then, you know, yeah, then you're in for like disappointment because, mm -hmm. you know, the realistic thing would, yeah, be for the like freedom fighter leader to like break down crying and like be in dread of these people, probably flee or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, her family's just been killed and everything. But it's just not like everything is for a joke, basically, mm -hmm. um, which which I'm surprised why I still felt moments of like, I don't know, some sort of emotion in all the fray of of chaos, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess for me, it was just like I said, it was one too many of those for me. I really liked. I want to say like probably. 85 to 90 percent of it and then by the end i was like a little like can i like care about anything you know what i mean like even like when you're talking earlier about king shark um now meeting those like little jelly dudes and he's like oh friends and it's like this cute mm -hmm. little moment and i was like oh my god it is so cute he has like little fish friends now and then like the second i thought it, i was like yeah, this is probably gonna like turn bad though. So I was like, I was like taking out, taken out of it because I was like, I probably shouldn't enjoy this because they're like somehow this is gonna get turned. Like either he's gonna care about them and then like they're gonna get blown up and he's gonna be really sad about it, or like they did, like they were evil little like, turds who just like tried to turn on him and eat him. They like he they were literally just like massing on him and I was like, oh well, see, there you go. That's why I shouldn't have enjoyed that. And like by the, like most of the way through, I really enjoyed it. And then by the end, I was like, can I just have like one thing be fine and normal and like it's fine? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, you got one thing. You got uh blood sport growing as a person, getting a little less afraid of rats, petting the rat. That was cute. That and was his cute. daughter seeing Finally. him on television. Like that's my dad being although, having a proud moment in that. Although, yes. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you totally about Sebastian, the rat, because that was adorable. And I was really excited about that. 
I don't agree about his daughter, though, because, like, she was in there for, like, two minutes, and they were screaming, like, fuck you at each other. And that was another scene where I was just, like, I don't know. It felt, like, clunky to just Mm -hmm. have them, like, screaming at each other for, like, two minutes as loud as they could, just, like, the same words back and forth. And I was, like, cool, but now he cares about his daughter. Like, I don't know. It just, it like... Well, that, she that, cares. That, yeah. I yeah, feel like part, my daughter. That part to me was just like a little clunky. Yeah. Like could have could have somehow been worked in better because it was almost like a weird like I'm not dead shot, but I am dead shot a little mm-hmm. bit with my whole daughter dynamic, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. Like you could have just not had the daughter. Yeah. Just did like didn't even need to be. You had anywhere. the rat. You had him overcoming his fear of rats. Yeah. You didn't need yeah, the daughter. Yeah, but you you saw like he kind of like treated Ratcatcher too, sort of like his daughter. Yeah, but like that could have been. There. Yeah, that could have so been that, the whole like growth. growing human emotion, like all of that. Like I just didn't even need like that subplot in there. That's that's just like a few, like one example of like the very few moments I thought were a bit mm-hmm. clunky in the film. Well, you can't cast an actor like Idris Elba and not give him something to, to, you know, something to work with. You got to give him a scene yeah. or two where he can show his range. Yeah. Kind of what I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, so showed range acting with a CGI rat. Like he can do anything. That's true. <laughs> Same reason you have him taking off his helmet in every other scene because, like. You can't hire an actor like that and have him under a mask during the mm. entire movie unless you're Judge Dredd and Carl Urban. Um, or Pedro Pascal and Mandalorian. But even his oh, yeah. mask came off eventually. I know they come out, but, you know, like, uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's you want the the connection, you know, there with a person's mm. face for sure, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. None of them leave. Well, it's it's like the same reason Deadshot really didn't wear his whole ton because he's Will Smith. Like you hired Will Smith. You better be Will Smith in this movie. Mm. Yeah, you're going to get your money's worth. Um, What the hell was with the Peacemaker's helmet? What is that? The toilet seat. Toilet bowl. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the toilet bowl. That was great. I don't know. I mean, I like, you know, that's the thing. You know, these characters come from somewhere and you can look at a lot of DC characters and Marvel characters, too. And you think that's a real character. Someone Mm -hmm. wrote that, Mm -hmm. drew that. And that's supposed to be a serious foil to Batman or someone. Right. You know, (laughs) it's like all the the dropouts. Oh, Mm -hmm. who's the Flash is going against this time? The reverse Flash. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You know, creative. And um, so they're ridiculous, a lot of these people. And so to see them finally in the setting where they're treated ridiculously mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. sense if you're going to use these characters as opposed to, yeah, the first one that's this dark brooding thing that, you know, wants to be a more hip hop version of the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. you know, with characters that, um, you know, short of a few of them. You know, mm-hmm. Deadshot or whatever, whatever, like those could be made serious. Same as Bloodsport. Like there's a few in there that could be done seriously, but. but yeah, Ratcatcher I, and. I quite enjoyed uh, 
Peacemakers ensemble. It was definitely like homemade. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's it's just so like did you just pull on some like rubber cleaning gloves and like rubber rain boots over your khakis and you know mm -hmm. like I don't know what the hell is going on with this helmet, but like it's clearly not like high tech, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. It's just like something you made in metal shop or whatever. It's I don't know. Yeah, I just I enjoyed I enjoyed that part of his like there wasn't a whole lot of try in this costume. Whereas like blood sports is clearly like somehow like yeah, super advanced. high tech, you know, state of the art crazy. Mm -hmm. And can I say thank goodness for someone standing up and hitting that bitch in the side of the head. That I was hilarious so... with that golf club that she was I, using um... to practice putting earlier. That was hilarious. Oh. Yeah, what's it? Um, what's her Waller. name again? Amanda Waller. Amanda Davis Waller. or Amanda Waller. Oh my God. I, I hate her in the first one. I hate her in the second one. I, I get like what she's, I get you're dealing with bad people. You're dealing with people that have killed many people and all this stuff. So like, why do I care about them or whatever? But when you're having them do something good, something powerfully is the idea. Then yeah, I, I don't know. You just like, she is in insufferable to me and mm -hmm. she's just so awful so she she plays the role to a t because man yeah I, hate her. I i love viola davis like she is amazing and i'm not i'm not gonna lie i was with waller in the whole like the weasel was drowning and she just like hard side eyes everybody around her and i was like yep i feel that like i'm with you here <laughs> no one checked if he could swim right she just like <laughs> side eyes the guy and i was just like yeah yeah um but yeah, she she uh she was uh, like a lot more over the top. I felt like in this one, her like anger at the Suicide Squad mm -hmm. was just like intense, and I just liked her very much less. In the first one, I felt like at least she was a very remote, cool presence. Like she was just like, "I'm in charge, whatever, I got this." And then this one, there was like a lot more emotion in it. She just felt dull in the first one, though. So I felt like they were trying to add more character to her here. Yeah. Everything felt uh, dull in the first one. Yes. <laughs> oh, come on now. You can talk There's, about how much I, I, hated I that like movie. when uh, when they're like jumping in the the pit of ooze and stuff, you know, and they're falling uh, in slow motion, and the music's going nice. And, oh, you mean the side story that had nothing to do with anything? Yeah. 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 The part, the, the part, part where the actual parts of the movie. Okay, I'll give you that, John. I did kind of like the Harley Quinn Joker side plot thing that happened in the original. I think that was maybe the only appealing part of that entire movie. Was like bits okay. In, in the okay. Yeah. I, for me, honestly. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm, okay. yeah, apparently they shot way more joker harley stuff that's why well, everybody wants yeah. the air cut you know or oh, not God. everybody that's why three people want Some the people. air cut <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> you know? okay i don't know that i want it but i would be interested in seeing it like seeing you know, what I else was shot it, yeah, like i would i would watch it just to be like what what did you think about this movie or whatever but um i was gonna say for the first suicide squad i really enjoyed actually um will smith and margot robbie's interactions like deadshot and and harley's like asides there was like there was there was something there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'll, i was I like 
Yeah, like it, it, it could have been something really cool. And then, I mean, they were just unfortunately in a mess of a movie where you couldn't really go anywhere with it. But there was like yeah. a feeling of potential there. Yeah, it did. I agree with you totally. Like, I feel like there were moments where it was like, oh, this is going to be something. Mm-hmm. But, but it let it you wasn't. down. It yeah. wasn't anything. Yeah. Like, the movie it was let just, you down. Like, yeah, there was. I mean, I know Will Smith is a good actor. I've seen him act well in other movies. You know, I know Margot Robbie's a good actor and she and she, if anybody, did the best with what she was given. Mm-hmm. And I also think what we got from the Deadshot Will Smith was not to his fault. Like, I think it was the material that was lacking that didn't mm-hmm. really allow him to do anything like. Right. Besides, you know, be a good shot, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think the most interesting scene he was in was his introduction scene where he was like setting up a sniper thing on a rooftop, talking to a guy about how he wanted more money and like pulling off this weird trick shot to kill a dude. Mm-hmm. That was like within the first 10 minutes of the movie starting. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's like one of the examples of that movie setting you up for something cool to let you down. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you were like, I'm I'm in, like, cool. Will Smith is like working it. And then yeah, just just yeah. Yeah. So whereas I thought um Margot Robbie slash Harley Quinn dominated that first movie, I feel mm-hmm. like John Cena and the Peacemaker uh take the cake in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree it's with interesting you. Because I heard um someone else saying like so because they're supposedly gonna do a peacemaker spinoff TV or series or something like that nice i watched that um, their take was god he's like was the weakest one like why do we want to see that what um, he's the most interesting he has is, the most is, potential for growth how is he the weakest one like when you think about like polka dot man hey like, i liked polka dot man i did I thought, too but see, like but like there wasn't or javelin there wasn't like anywhere to go <laughs> Do you know I mean, what I mean? Like, me, I liked what he was there for, and that was, like, fine. But, like, I didn't leave the movie thinking, like, man, I'd love to know more about Polkadot Man. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Yeah. Like, I left the movie being, yeah. like, John Cena as Peacemaker. Like, I could I could watch some more of this. Mm-hmm. Especially I if, think, like, Idris Elba were, were to, like, cameo in there or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mistake to do this spinoff, most likely. Like, I could be wrong, and it could change it. But the, to me, what makes this film work is the ensemble cast like you need to have the other characters you need to have them Mm -hmm. interact with it one another and the way that they do well john i don't think the tv show is going to be a one-man show i think it's going to have other characters well okay all right fine but i mean are they going to be other they got to be other (laughs) zany characters right they have to match yeah. him in this in weird scenarios and this odd you know or they try to make it a more serious thing or you know is he just dealing with regular people like i i mean obviously they could go anywhere with it i'm just saying like there's not a focus per se in this obviously harley gets plenty of time to shine obviously we kind of go through this from the position of um blood sport mm-hmm. you know but we get pieces of everyone and it is an ensemble cast and uh, they all are important there. And if you take away, if you took away two of them, it'd be a lot less of a film for it. 
So if we have just Peacemaker as the one weird zany guy that's doing some missions, I think that's going to be boring unless we, you know, we really get another zany cast of odd situations and people mm -hmm. to, well, to the, match them up against. The TV series, from what I pulled together at the uh, 11th hour here before mm -hmm. we started airing, was um, that it's uh, like a eight-episode season and it um, mostly centers around the, or and it's written and you know created by James Gunn, so it's going to be like oh nice continuation of what he did with the movie. So it's not like somebody else okay. is taking the reins and creating something from what he created. That's good. So yeah. I, I would imagine he has a vision for what he wants to do with this character after the movie. Wait a minute. Oh, Someone that. in Hollywood has a plan for their content? Like, I'm confused. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't right? we just like kind of do this shit like however we feel like it whenever? Do something and then um, figure out the rest later. Like, yeah. Right. If it's a success, then we can, you know. Well, that then is, we can yeah. come out that with is, another two movies. Then we can come out with uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Once we know we've <laughs> found our cash cow, we can create two more movies. And try to get yeah. more of that sweet green. I was gonna say that mm -hmm. is the DC way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just milk it till it's milk that cow till it's dry. Utter is just <laughs> saggy boob. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that okay. I I'm more excited now. You've convinced me. So. Yeah. And I think there's from the cast list. It looks like there's a few returning characters from the movie, okay. But not the hero, anti-hero characters. It's like the looks like it's the um, like the whatever the handlers. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. They were so they were a, like a small like gem in this. Yeah. You know, like like that was like enough of everybody there. At whatever agency with mm -hmm. Amanda Waller, yep. I yeah, that, I, I thought that could be interesting. Is like um, him kind of working more exclusively with them as sort of like a team, and you know, they were funny yeah. enough commenting while they were while they while the Suicide Squad was running through their whatever their off. Uh, sure. Um, well, are we missing something? Feel like we've had a, a little bit of a variety. We all enjoyed it, mm -hmm. but to varying degrees. Um, and uh, Shane, you were a good sport and went to went back to go back and watch the the original one. I yeah. figured if I didn't watch it now for this, I would never see it. So, yeah, that's true. And now I you will. know you never have to see it again. Exactly, and I never will. I don't care. <laughs> Director's cut, forget it. I'll read the I'll read the Cliff's notes on that one. So. I'll watch it for you, and I'll, oh, I'll thanks, let you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we for if sure we so. ever get it, if there's ever if there's ever it's the swell that there was for for yeah, Snyder, it's, it's, I think it's done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Ayers is like, I'm not talking about it anymore, except to say, like, this wasn't the I'm movie I, I made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to talk about not talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you, we don't know anything about what it was supposed to be? 
like plot-wise, no. Yeah, there's there's just sort of like hints about what happened on the cutting room floor. Yeah, we just know there was a lot more Joker mm -hmm. and Harley footage shot. Mm -hmm. They said like another movie's worth of footage was shot that just mm -hmm. none of it was used. Yeah. Hmm. So, so much why, Joker. Yeah, which is why a lot of like the first one felt like really choppy and like suddenly we're here and suddenly we're like, you know, do, going you can on see this it, like again, little side mission. Yeah. Running into a thing where the it's they're calling it the Suicide Squad, but if it's just going to be about Harley and the Joker, shouldn't it just be like Harley and the Joker? Yeah. You know, Joker and the Harley Quinn, you know, that's what it could be. And and then that movie could set up a potential Suicide Squad thing. Mm -hmm. It's very much like Birds of Prey. It was called Birds of Prey, and it's not. It was Birds really Harley's, Prey. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a Harley movie. So. And then they retroactively renamed the movie when it was in theaters to try to draw more people in to see it by making the. I think they changed the title. They changed it from Birds of Prey being the the main name to Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Really? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I mean, they should have just stuck with that from the beginning. I mm -hmm. mean, like it it's definitely a misnomer for like what you're getting. Yeah. I I do have to say I enjoyed that film far more than I enjoyed Suicide Squad. Um, I did too. I did too. I I did not as many times did I pause the movie just to see how much time was left as I did when I watched Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like, I think I only did it one time. Yeah. There, wow. I mean, there, there were certainly issues with it. I'm not saying like, oh my God, it was so good. But like, there were, there were a lot more elements that I was like, yeah, like this is, this is a little bit more fun. This is a little bit better put together. Mm -hmm. more it more narratively made sense like mm -hmm. do do i wish they could have done like x y and z better definitely yeah. um but yeah at least it was it was a better better showing than suicide yeah. squad it, it definitely didn't they learn i feel like they at least learned some lessons from suicide squad and mm -hmm. they weren't taking themselves as seriously right clearly right i think i lost my camera looks like oh it. yeah you, yeah sorry you froze a little bit but yeah, I just I at least you're not yeah, like I, frozen I mid sneeze face. <laughs> yep. I enjoy it enough too. I just I just it's a shame what they did to the birds of prey. Yeah, like we could have had a really cool birds of prey movie and we didn't have that. We had mm -hmm. an OK Harley Quinn movie that yep. featured some vaguely similar birds of prey characters. So. Yep. Okay, well, Shane is frozen. Literally I'm still here. I just can't see me. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Oh, Alan, Alan took you away. You <laughs> yep. You're I just done. have to. I, I have to get a legit camera. Quit using my phone. I think that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Well, we talked about. I don't know. We covered the bases tonight. I think yeah. we covered. Um, both suicide squads you know you got a you got a twofer here if you came here for a suicide squad yeah if you came here for suicide squad not knowing which one you were gonna get you got it you got it <laughs> yep <laughs> and, and that's some um, so yep 
Um, so that'll do it for us, everyone. That's episode 71 of Popcast on the Rocks. Thank you for joining us. We want to thank um, Killing the Flower for our theme song. You should check them out on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify. Uh, often, well, usually three times a week, I am can be seen streaming with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. That's Lucas with a K on Twitch. So give him a follow. You should follow all of our content uh, here on Twitch. If you're watching live or on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, leave comments, that sort of thing. Share it out to other people. Or if you're just an audio listener, that's fine too. And whatever your podcast directory of choice is, please like, review, share, all that kind of thing there as well. If you like talking about silly nerdy things like we do then i'm sure you know other people that like talking about silly nerdy things as well mm -hmm. so um otherwise yeah shane thanks for jumping in again and uh it was my pleasure it was an absolute delight to join you again mm -hmm. anytime excellent great well we'll hold you to that all right and um andrea as always thanks again for being here of course. And we'll, cheers. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye.